0: Episode 30 of Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today is Tiffany. She will be here for the first half of the show as we are doing a supersized uh, episode because of the first episode of AEW Dynamite on TNT. How are you, Tiffany?
1: I am good. I am super excited. I cannot believe it's one week away from Dynamite. The very first—I mean, we we went from counting down to AEW on TNT. Now we know it's going to be Wednesday night Dynamite, and it's a week away. I'm so excited.
0: Yes, um, we will both be in the building uh, in Washington D.C. We're both flying out that day. Uh, I am. Um, Praying to the uh, gods of wrestling that there are no flight delays and I get in exactly when I'm supposed to get in. So uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about seeing you and all of the wrestling friends. It's just uh, kind of going to be an awesome show. I it see- is.
1: Short, short trip, but it's going to be great.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I wanted to start the show by reminding you this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by PowerSlam TV, PowerSlam TV, where you get access to over 4,000 hours of content from over 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries around the globe onto your laptop and mobile devices. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. Now, I actually have something else to remind or let everyone know. Uh, There is a Twitter page, The Wrestle Hub. It's at... The Wrestle Hub, and they're doing their second annual wrestling podcast awards. Uh, Nominations are, uh, nominations close on the 6th of October, 2019. Uh, They are taking nominations for each show. So, if you like this show, if you listen to this show when it drops, if it gets you all excited, go ahead and nominate uh, All Things Elite Pod. Also, You can think about nominating, or if you like the shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, go ahead and nominate One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, The Ricky and Clive Show, They're uh, Getting a Ring. Uh, We have a lot of shows on the network. Go ahead and nominate them. And our other host, Amy, does two different podcasts. One's called the, uh, two other podcasts. One's called The Dragon Den, and the newly started Amy and Andy... Enjoy wrestling. It's like AAEW. It's kind of funny. Well, yeah, uh, I I listened to it. It was a pretty good episode. And also, you should nominate the Arn show because Arn Anderson is Arn Anderson, and I love him. All right. So (laughs) (laughs) that is uh, taking care of the business part of this. Uh, So, yeah, one week away Uh, before we get into the recaps of the other show, uh, I you know, I don't know many people as good and as passionate about all uh, the elite and Cody as you. I would say even my love Pells in comparison to yours. so next week <laughs> uh, next next week uh, even though even though it's the beginning of a new journey, it seems like the end of the old journey to be legitimate. TV. National TV is when you get legitimate. So we saw the trucks. We saw the names as they get paired to head to Washington, D.C. or they're already at Washington, D.C. I don't know where the trucks were. So I'm just going to let you go. What does this all mean to you?
1: Oh, man, Um, it's it's really just I like I I posted a tweet the other day about, you know, especially knowing that Cody is the opening match of uh, Dynamite, on the very first episode next week, um, that when his music hits, I, I'm, I'm just going to lose it, because I've I've been to so many things of Cody's, and uh, I've been to his first WrestleMania, I, was, I mean, I've seen him win, win the NWA World title, um, you know, the first AEW pay-per-view, I mean, there's just, you know, um, I went to, just, I've been to many things, uh, I would slow down, like going for an overnight trip to see Cody wrestle is nothing new to me, so going to Washington, D.C. for about 24 Hours is nothing new. So for me, you know, um, th- it, this is just on such another level because it, it's not just a match. This is the start of the TV show moving forward, and this is Cody's, you know, company. And when I say that, I know some people will immediately come at me and be like, well, there's Matt, Nick, and Kenny, too. But that's great, but I'm not talking about them right now. I'm talking about Cody. So in the moment, you know, for me to have followed Cody's career for, you know, 12 years, and see him go through ups and downs and be there for great moments, be there for bad moments. And then to see everything, all of his hard work um, come to this, where hes you know, this show is happening. Wrestling is coming back to TNT. All elite wrestling is real. And, and so for me, it just, there aren't even words that I can really accurately express what it means to me. I just know I'm going to be super emotional because it's just such a big deal. And, To be at that first TV, that was something, like, Floyd told me, hey, don't worry, we're going to be there no matter what. That's something we can't miss, and now we're a week away from it, and I don't even know, like, just, I can't wait to see the set. I can't wait to hear the theme for the show, and then just when we hear Cody's music hit for that very first live match on TNT, I'm just going to be a mess, but just so proud of him because... I've said it so much and I know I'm a broken record, but he works harder than people realize he loves wrestling more than anyone I've ever met. And um, I mean, he's, he's just someone who literally wakes up and barely sleeps. But when he does sleep, like, you know, the minute he wakes up from the time he goes to bed, he's 110% thinking about wrestling. And um, I think that's why him and Brandy are so perfect together because not only does she support that, but she's right there in in it with him. And if anyone doesn't, If anyone doubts her passion, um, they really need a reality check because, you know, like Cody and Brandy don't have kids. They don't have families. They don't have outside commitments. Like this is it for them. And I'm not saying that as a knock to anyone else because everyone has their thing. But for Cody and Brandy, they eat, sleep, live, breathe this. And so to see this happen for them, to see them in the position they're in, they've earned it and they're going to own it. And I'm just so, so proud of them.
0: Yeah, and, you know, no one could put it better than you. That's why I had you say it, because, I mean, you echo the sentiments of all the people that have been following Cody, Cody and Brandy. Uh, some not as long as others. Of course, no one as long as you, because you were day one. But, you know, for me, uh, I, really, I really started focusing on Cody as a wrestler. And this is so weird, because I liked him in The Legacy, and I liked him. When he was dashing. And I liked him. Uh, I liked him uh, when he was in the Brotherhood. But my real like. Man this guy is good. It's going to be the weirdest. Thing for most people. <laughs> it was st- I know this too. It was Stardust.
1: Yeah, you're a Stardust guy.
0: It, it was like. Uh, people were like do you like Stardust. Did you like Stardust character? I was like. I, I was like I think they stopped short on it. But what I liked was the passion. That he put. In something that everybody, uh, everybody thought just was a shitty character, but when he went out there, from the time the lights were on, he was one hundred percent into it. Even though, even when I heard that he kind of hated the character, like we went to, uh, I wanted to go to an access in Dallas, and he was the one o'clock uh, in Dallas, and I, and, you know, it actually sold out really quick, and he didn't even go as. Uh, Goldust. He was this, he was just Cody Rhodes when you uh went there. He wouldn't he wouldn't even wear the suit to the uh, to access, which you know a lot of people were disappointed by. I, I didn't get to go to that access, so I wasn't disappointed. But um, I was very much like, oh my god, this guy is talented. And it was like it was a sh- it took a shitty character for me to realize how talented the guy was. And um, so of course I went to. The WrestleMania and uh, I went to WrestleMania in Dallas. And what did he did? Was he in a ladder match? What was he in that match? Yeah, that's
1: remember. when he had the uh, the polka dot ladder.
0: Yeah, and it was just, and, and I was just like, okay. And then you know, I started paying attention to everything, and I was like, oh, he gets it. You know, all these little things that we think about online, and it's like, man, you know what would be cool if he did this? And, you know, I it would be cool if he took his love for you know, uh, comic books and uh, villains and, you know, all his favorite stuff and just put a little bit of himself into wrestling. And then after he left WWE, you really really saw him put himself into it. And it was just like at that moment, it was like, it went from seriously like to love to like I think this might be the, I think he might be one of the best wrestlers in the world. But that just comes from someone that you know, I don't, I like good in-ring work. I love good in-ring work. Don't get me wrong. But I was, start watching wrestling in the 80s. I mean, an hour match was 21 minutes in a headlock. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah that's, I've been watching since I was two, so I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean. And uh, I, kind of wanting to elaborate on the Stardust thing, I remember, you know, like you said, that was, seeing him take that character, something that he was not into, and even if we didn't know it at the time, I mean, I was pretty sure he didn't like it, but but never once, you know, giving anything less than 100%. And one of the things that always impressed me the most about him doing Stardust was that, and this is such a Cody thing because it's like, you know, Cody doesn't know how to just like, just like put on a suit and be like, all right, well, now I'm Cody Rhodes wrestling in a suit. No, he literally created a new move set for Stardust, which to me was one of the things that, I was just like, I, I was already obviously way on board with Cody. You know, when he came out of Stardust, I was like, what? Like, I didn't know what to say because, honestly, it was the last thing I ever wanted to see happen. Um, but it happened, and I embraced it. And and um, as with anything, I, you draw out the positives in it. And that was one of the biggest positives was that I was like, this guy is, you know, not he could have just put the suit on and wrestled as Cody, but he literally came up with new moves to go with that character because I think in, in maybe, probably in Cody's mind it was to disassociate himself from Cody because this wasn't Cody, but at the same time just to put in that extra work to not be settled, you know, content with settling at just doing the same moves in the suit but to make a whole new moveset. I remember being just absolutely blown away by that and probably could find tweets from, you know, whatever, how many years ago that was where I could talked about that because I remember just being so impressed by the fact that you know, he didn't just stick to his same move set, you know, not that he didn't do some of the same moves, but he literally created new moves that were for Stardust. And I was just like, this is why Cody is the absolute best. <laughs> like, he just always is thinking, always doing more than, than, you know, most and always doing
0: 110%. Yes. And I completely agree. And I'm going to stop the, uh, stop the super Cody love fest, even though it will continue out through the show. <laughs> but it's just it, it was like I will easily say the best thing that ever happened to me as a Cody fan, as a Cody fan, the best thing that ever happen to me is him accepting his release. Because, I mean, it was seriously, I mean, it took, you know, took years or what, uh, whatever it took. But he has fully formed, fully developed into the wrestler he wants to be. And you can see it in everything that he does. So I am looking forward to what comes. Uh, The next thing I wanted to talk about before we got to the things is the hate. Uh, I I was actually talking to Tiffany before the show. As we get closer to TV, I've actually noticed, and I actually posted this on my personal page, that I've actually noticed that the hate for AEW, the shots and everything, is going way up. And it's so weird to me, and, and then again, it's so weird to me because this this group, this company, is nine months old, roughly. I know they started working on it before, but they announced and started putting things out nine months ago. So this, and they have put on four shows, and I was like, how are people hating so much on a show that? really isn't fully developed yet you know like you they haven't even
1: had a tv show yet yeah, i mean exactly there's been four events
0: <laughs> you don't know what the show is <laughs> you know we know
1: yeah there there's yeah you would think they have an inside book about everything that's about this happen on aw dynamite by the way that they're tweeting
0: that's for sure yeah because it's just like i'm watching being the elite and i'm like AEW dynamite's not going to be being the elite i mean i love being the elite to watch every episode I love Road 2. Watch every episode. I actually watch every episode of Road 2 twice. So just, it's, <laughs> it's, I really do love that show. But AEW TV is not going to be those two things. I don't know what AEW TV is going to be. I mean, you follow the, close, uh, the elite closely. But we don't know what the TV is going to be. It's going to be sports-centric but we both know it's going to be different than the pay-per-views. They've been good. You know, you're not going to get some of the stuff you would normally get in a pay-per-views on the TV show just because they're not, some of the stuff is not advertiser friendly. So it's like, how are you hating on something that you don't know what it is yet? I don't
1: know. It, it absolutely blows my mind. I feel, I feel like you said closer we get to TV. um, It's, been more and more i think that you know and i'm not going to blame any particular fan base for it but obviously we know there is a wednesday night war and i think that you know you have your fans that are going to be passionate on one side and passionate on the other i am about as passionate as it comes for AEW however i don't tweet about the part that i am not you know supporting not necessarily not that i don't support it but i mean the side that i'm on that's what i post about i post about AEW passionately and constantly and I feel like you know I've always said I would rather be local about the things that I love rather than what I dislike or what I don't support or whatever or whatever I'm rooting against however you want to phrase it. Um, for me personally like I I would much rather post 20 tweets about why AEW is fantastic and leave it there and then you know welcome anyone to post tweets about why what they love is fantastic but The thing at this point is just people are reaching. Like, you know, yesterday Cody tweeted a picture of the truck that had him and Brandy on it. And, I mean, as someone who is a friend of Cody and Brandy's and someone who supports them as a fan, I mean, I was emotional seeing that, and it was exciting. So I can't even imagine how it felt for them to see it. So they're people. This is a big deal to them. Their first TV show debuts in a week You know, this is a big deal to them, and they're sharing on their personal social media a photo. And, I mean, I believe the license plate said Tennessee. I know Cody and Brandy were en route from Atlanta to L.A. LA yesterday. They didn't take the photo. Someone sent it to them, and they were excited about it, so they posted it. And you would think that they killed a puppy on national TV but the way people were coming at them for posting a photo of their truck and being excited about it. I mean, it was just absolutely absurd to me that they got that much hate for posting a photo, and I mean, I'm sorry guys, like, you know, like I said, they, they're, they they have a right to be excited about, this is a big deal in their life too, their things are happening, and I just couldn't believe that, it's just the most recent example of people just reaching, the fact that people were so bent out of shape about a truck, and the fact that they posted a photo of it, and were excited about it, and I, I just think at this point, you know, it's, it's time to just maybe, if you don't want to watch it, then just focus on what you really like and post about that. But the fact that you're just looking for stuff at this point to tweet, you're just looking silly. And I feel like, you know, when, when I'm, re- I don't even engage with the tweets because I just see them and I just kind of roll my eyes, but it, it's just coming off absolutely immature and silly at this point.
0: There are, in my opinion, two people that really talk a lot of shit and two groups. One are the trolls And the trolls are they follow Cody and Brandy or whatever to say the worst thing that they can to try to get their attention. I've never understand the troll culture, nature, troll actions. I don't understand it. I like to troll some of my friends because it's funny to see their reaction. But to troll people, (laughs) I don't know. I don't really get like I'm not going to just say something bad like I will just use this as an example. Uh, uh, Last night I was, or Monday, I was watching Raw, because I I do watch all WWE programming, because I actually like the WWE. I wanted to make that clear. I was watching Seth Rollins, and he was cutting a promo. And you know what? I think Seth Rollins is one of the best workers. You know, I think if he was in any other company where he was just allowed a little more freedom, people would be talking about him as one of the best wrestlers in the world. I wanted to say that but he is horrible on the mic as a face. I used to like some of his heel stuff, but as a good guy, he's horrible on the mic. And I put that on Twitter. But it wasn't to get at Seth Rollins. I didn't want Seth Rollins to see I had an opinion. I was watching Raw and I put it. It's Seth Rollins vanity search and like, "Oh, I don't think I'm horrible?" You shouldn't think you're horrible. You're a great, you You know, you're one of the highest paid people in the top of the WWE. Of course, you should have confidence. But as someone that has been watching this for 30 years and know what a good promo sounds like, you don't do them. So, I don't know. <laughs> I can go to a different way. I can go to a different place. I'm stopping there. Hard stop. But I, I put my opinion out there. That wasn't a troll. That was an actual opinion. But when I look at some of the stuff Brandy and Cody gets, it's just like, it is the most, sometimes most simple, you know, like you're not adding anything to the conversation type of troll shit, you know, like right. Brandi- There's a
1: difference between having an opinion, like you, and and trolling somebody, and you, and that's that is that's a big part of it. Is like you said, you're you're a lot, you post an opinion, but. Then there's trolling, I and mean, there's a huge, very, very, very fine, you know, very big line between the two.
0: Yes, it's like add something to the conversation. Brandy, you're not as big a star as John Moxley. John Moxley is the, one of the biggest wrestling stars in the world. What did you just add <laughs> to that conversation?: what, and has yeah. Brandy ever tried to say she was? Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like, Pretty sure she has't.: She shared a picture of a truck that she was happy to be on. Cody, I think, actually shared it, right? I don't know. I think
1: he shared it first, and then she did. But, yeah, I mean, she is the chief brand officer of the company, people. (laughs) yes, She is, you know, she is part of the women's division. But on top of that, she is the chief brand officer. And also, if you're going to have a truck with, you know, two people on it, and you put Cody, the obvious person to be beside him would be Brandy. And there's nothing wrong with that. And like they said, this is a traveling company, with more than one truck, I can't believe we even have to talk about this and and clear this up for people who don't seem to grasp that. But they, they're not going to have just one truck. Cody and Brandy aren't going to be on every truck, and, and that should just be common sense. But, again, people are reaching. So Yes,
0: and Cody chooses not to use the Cody Rhodes name. Uh, I don't believe it's a WWE trademark. <coughs> I think they like actually... You know, after a few years, it falls off. He chooses not to use the Rhodes name. Yeah, he, he chooses not to at
1: this point.
0: Yes, but on the screen, on the uh, when they're on the same truck, they can put Cody and then they can put Brandy Rhodes. So you can yep. still see Cody Rhodes together. Exactly. Yeah, so it's just like it makes a lot of sense on a lot of levels. Again, it's a huge production. Uh Probably. Either if it's not on the level of WWE, it's like one step less. But I believe it's on the level of WWE as far as production. So they're going to have quite a bit of production trucks and their production trucks. Yeah, I would say based <sighs> on the
1: pay-per-views and just the look of the pay-per-views and everything, definitely on that same level. So, yeah, you're 100% right. They're yeah. not going to have just one truck.
0: Yes, so you're going <laughs> to see. Oh, you're going to see Moxley on some, or Madiga. Hangman. You might even see the damn horse, as I saw one superimposed yesterday. <laughs> it was... Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's just like, but just because you're on the truck doesn't mean you are a big star. I once saw a WWE truck with Apollo Crews on it. Ah, that's all I have to say about oh. that.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was like okay you know
1: i just summed it all up right there (laughs) i was like
0: (laughs) they're like okay so it's just they put random wrestlers on their trucks, but in aew they're a new company they want you to see the faces of the company of course cody is probably the vocal face of the company because tony's not tony's not really out there like that so cody's kind of the vocal leader the face of the company, and then Brandy
1: yeah, he stepped into that role for sure.
0: Brandy, if there is a female vocal face of the company, that would be her. They are the most out there. They are actually communicating, doing Q&As on Twitter. They are the front-facing group of AEW. As a comparison to the WWE, it would be they are the Triple H and Steph of AEW not saying you know because i'm not saying you know i'm not saying they act like them but that would be the closest comparison so the second person people that give aw shit is fdsers that that is the uh that is the known nomenclature we use on the social suplex for the fed defense squad as we call them and they are Big ass WWE fans, but they're not WWE fans like I'm a WWE fan. Fuck like I said, I have a WWE tattoo on my leg. They're not they're they, they go a different way with their hardcore. They're hardcore to the point of anything else that you might consider good wrestling, they take offense to. If it's not in the yeah. WWE, and it's, which
1: is just silly because you're missing out on yeah. a lot.
0: <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, I will say this: pre Cody going indies, pre going uh, Cody going out. I used to think I was a professional wrestling fan. You know, I was like, man, right. I'll just watch. Pro-. But really, I was a WWE fan. I watched and Raw, it, it, SmackDown, yep, NXT.
1: Yep, that and that's definitely a thing. There are people who are wrestling fans, and there are WWE fans, and I and not that obviously. Wrest I'm not saying WWE isn't pro wrestling. Of course it is, but but yeah, I mean if you're if you're in that WWE bubble and do not expand out of it, then then yeah, you're genuinely you genuinely are just a WWE fan, and that's fine. But but I mean, there is so much out there to really call yourself a pro wrestling fan. Especially in 2019, there is just so much that you can actually very easily get to watch and. Imagine, I can't imagine not opening up to the rest of that, but, you know, to each his own. But, again, like you said, it's the fans who are so hardcore but take it to another to a different degree because you're hardcore in the sense that you literally watch watch every WWE show and you enjoy it, and that's great. Like you said, you have a WWE logo on your leg, and, and that's the good kind of hardcore. But then there's, like you said, there's people who, who probably have never watched a second of anything AEW's done But yet they probably talked more hate over it than, you know, other people who have actually watched it.
0: Yes, and that is my problem. Now, I do have some friends that watch the AEW product, and basically their biggest complaint, it's not WWE. It's not going to be WWE. I hope you're not looking forward to be WWE. They are going to present wrestling differently. I don't know what way that's going to be, but that has been their biggest drive-home point as far as what their TV is going to be. It's going to be an alternative to what, you think w- what the WWE product is. But they, like I said, the FDSers are uh, very much. They, I mean, they're they're all about WWE. It's the most entertaining thing ever. I personally, I, I can honestly say, I became a pro wrestling fan because I got, uh, I got so dis, you know, like my love for WWE because of the product they were representing. Actually, you know, went down, which I never thought was possible. So I had to try to find alternatives. I started listening for uh, this Kenny Omega guy and trying to find out who he was. And it, like I said, I remember it was Omega versus Okada at, uh, New Jap- uh, at uh, Wrestle Kingdom, which was one of my first full uh, shows, Omega versus Okada. And I didn't really get to show. The reason I got to show is because I had just seen Cody's first match. And ROH against Jay Lethal. So then I wanted to watch Cody's first match in New Japan. And it was against Juice Robinson. You know, I believe that's who it was, right? I believe so. Juice,
1: my, my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it was against Juice Inside Robinson. Inside joke. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, it was against Juice. And I was like, that's why I actually got uh, subscribed or whatever and got the show. It was to see Cody, and it's like my foray into everything outside of the WWE kind of began with Cody. So that's where, and now I watch everything. You know, I watch New Japan, uh, I watch ROH uh, when it was interesting. Uh, you know, I've actually went to Impact, and why did I start watching Impact again? Cody made an appearance to, with Moose. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah, Brandy was on there, and then uh, Brandy was on there, and I actually watched her uh, coming up, and then Cody made the appearance with Moose, and I was like, oh, okay. And that's when I started watching Impact again. So he kind of led me to see a lot of different things I wouldn't see. I think I am a more well rounded wrestling fan than I used to be. And now, uh, you know, but, you know, my basis is still WWE. You know, I grew, I, you know, so it's just I want people to know it's OK to like everything. I mean, I'm telling you, give AEW a shot. Watch the TV show. Get on our page at AT Elite Pod and talk about it. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Cody was very open about, you know, that in his letter, which that was actually going to be the next uh, topic to come up but perfect segue. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, for all my FDSers out there, it's OK. I'm telling you, when Chipotle opened up Taco Bell, didn't start panicking. You know what I mean? It's just a different thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah <I'm> like, and, <laughs> I was when
1: well, it was funny because I was I think that my biggest annoyance with this and then we can move past it. But I just I, I have to mention it just because we're on the subject of it is. Not so much even people who, because like I said, I don't go around looking, or if I even see people who post like negative things about Cody or AEW, whatever. I mean, I usually, like I said, I'll just scroll on past it because I'm not looking to bicker or debate or whatever with people who aren't. I mean, the thing is like, you know, obviously we're not going to agree. So engaging with it is just going to start a fight. So it's pointless. Um, and I was actually thinking the other day, I almost posted this as a tweet, but I was like, eh, if it could open up a can of worms I don't feel like dealing with. So I didn't. But, you know, in the horror genre, you have people who are hardcore into the Halloween movies and Michael Myers, and you have people that are hardcore into Jason and Friday the 13th. The difference between people who are into those two is that they might passionately love one of the movie series over the other, but they're not telling, you know, you don't have the Friday the 13th fans telling the Halloween fans why they shouldn't like Halloween and why they should like this. And I think that's the biggest thing. So I think I did actually post something about stop telling people how to support what they love and what they should or shouldn't do as a fan. And I think that that, that's what kind of where it stemmed from is that I don't care if you like WWE. I don't care if you hate AEW. I don't care if you're never going to give AEW a chance, but I don't need you coming at me and, and trying to counter Things that I post positively and supportive to AEW to tell me why I'm wrong or why I should be doing watching this or that instead, because it's just silly. You know, it's 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 unnecessary and like Floyd said, it's not adding anything to the conversation. And I think that's my biggest annoyance. You could post all day long about how much you love this, or honestly, if you really feel the need to post how much you hate whatever you hate. That's whatever. That's that's on you. But but when you start going into other people's tweets and replying and trying to start something when they literally haven't tweeted anything, but something positive about what they love. That's where I have a problem. And I think that's what the, one of the biggest issues with social media and the wrestling fandom in general is, is that people won't just let people be.
0: And honestly, you summed it up. Those are my sentiments. We're going to <coughs> go ahead and leave that and talk about something super positive. Cause this is a show yes. about positivity. Cody's letter. I am not going to read the whole thing. Because it is very long. But I think the last two paragraphs are poignant. Poignant. I know what's on the other side of the hill. A billion dollar publicly traded behemoth. With 70 years of experience. And an expansive network of divisions and subsidiaries. Which has ultimately become a non- monopoly in wrestling. Yeah I'm a bit nervous. I'm a little scared too. But I'm saddling up in DC anyway. Along with the best partners and wrestlers on the planet. I'm with AEW because AEW is for everybody and I hope everybody tunes in and gives us a chance to shine for you. Thank you. And this is with the hashtag I'm with AEW. If you get a chance, we do have this posted on our page. It's on Cody Rhodes' page. I've posted it on Facebook because the letter is powerful. It is positive. It is light. It is not disparaging anyone. It is what it's like if I wanted a leader in a company, it's the kind of message I want my leader in my company to say. Like if this said Tony uh, instead of uh, Cody Rhodes on it, I'd be like, it's just as perfect because it was a very much a leadership's role. So uh, what did you think of the letter, ma'am? I saw you post your tweet or whatever, but just kind of your (laughs) own words. What did you what did you think of it?
1: Well, first of all, Floyd knows me better than just about anyone because he DM'd me after Cody posted it and was like, you you cried reading the letter, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I cried reading the letter. Like, he, he knows me too well. I can't help it. Um, it's just such an emotional connection um, with Cody. And then when Cody, I love when Cody writes. He doesn't write often, but um, there's been times in the past where he's, posted a blog on Brandy's old blog that she had and different things, and when he writes or posts along like that, like a letter or a maybe like a a long note notepad that he'll screenshot to his Twitter, I just enjoy him writing, and I hope he writes a book one day, and that's completely unrelated, but I'm just going to throw that out there. But, yeah, the letter was just, it was perfect, and like Floyd said, um, if, even if it wasn't from Cody, you know, just the just the positive you know, surrounding feel of it. It wasn't competitive. It was just simply from the heart. And I think that, you know, that's when you're best is when you're not trying to be anything but just vulnerable who you are from the heart and putting it out there. And um, just the fact that, you know, the, the last part where he says to give us a chance. And that's, that's a, at this point, you know, the people, whether you're already 100% all in with AEW, like Floyd or myself, or if you're on the fence, if you've only seen a few bits and pieces, you know, TV is where it really starts. This is where they're really going to be able to show what they have to offer, the route they're going. And I think one of the parts of the letter, um, the letter that was so important, and, and I know Cody means this with all his heart, is that he wants feedback. And I hope that people will take that and do it in constructively, and not just send him a bunch of hate tweets. Because I know that, you know, with Cody, one thing I, I wanna I would love to just, you know, remind him is he is not going to be able to please everyone, but let me tell you he wants to. Um, and that's that comes from a good place because he doesn't he wants this to be what for the people. But I mean obviously there's always going to be some people that aren't happy. But I think the fact that he put that out there, that's very bold to put that out there because you're welcoming a lot of people to say, well, here's my hateful tweet you asked for, you know what I mean? So, like, that's that's something that I think was kind of very bold, and to put that out there and say, please tell me, good or bad, the ugly, I want to hear it all, um, and I think that that really speaks for what AEW is, is that they care about their audience, they care about their fans, they they want to be a fan-based company who actually listens to the fans, because we know, uh, unfortunately, with WWE, what's one of the biggest problems they've had over the last several years is a connection to the fans, which Kenny, uh, Cody, the Bucks, like the connection is just unmatchable with their fans. Um, But as far as Cody's letter goes, yeah, it was just, um, it was just heartfelt. And like, it was just so real and just very much, you know, from Cody's heart to the fans. I think it really just shows when you read it, just how much this means to him. He even mentioned losing Dusty and how, yes, he had his family and friends with him, to offer support, but no matter how much you have that, you know, love and support from your fa- your family and friends, there's always going to be something that you need to fulfill that void. And for Cody, it was wrestling for us. And, and that, that's a hundred percent like legit. He's not just saying that, like he said, it kind of sounds melodramatic, whatever, but that's just, that's Cody because wrestling is everything to him. So I think that was just, it was a perfect thing to do. Eight days out from, uh, as of yesterday, um, from Dynamite premiering, and just really touch base with the fans and and pour, basically pour your heart out there to them. So I, the letter I thought was just a perfect thing for Cody to do, and I, I loved it. And like Floyd said, yes, I I teared up reading it because that's what I do. Cody makes me cry, but in a good way. But yeah, I just absolutely loved it.
0: I'm not I'm not a crier. I'm not a crier, but uh, we'll talk about something later that literally every time they talk about one of the wrestler's stories, it always gets to me, like to the point of almost tears. Uh Yeah. So we'll talk (laughs) about that later. But it was funny. I was I posted this on my my group. I have a small group on Facebook of uh, fans that. I posted it and my friend read it. And the first thing is like, why do they always mention WWE? And I was like, oh, of course, I took it with a negative connotation. He couldn't have mentioned it. I think his point is that you want to be separate from the WWE, so you shouldn't bring it up. But I'm like, when two, actually, if you think about it, out of the elite, Cody, uh, Cody worked there. Kenny Omega was in the developmental system. I think Matt did a TV spot with it. So three of your five people have collected checks from the WWE, and and this and is Brandy. A, yeah, and Brandy of course. And I brought up this this it's an inspired this post. It uh, inspired this post, but um, what I'm saying is when people with three of your five people, or and then you include Brandy, four, are from the WWE. To me, to not say anything, to not mention them, is almost like you're lying. Because it hey. is it is so there. There's nothing else you can do with it. It's the narrative of the story. No matter, I mean, of course, Tony tries to separate it. This is just an alternative. We're not trying to compete. That's his job. <laughs> he is the owner. But Cody is the cheerleader. He is the leader. He's the fiery. So, and they are probably the most social media friendly company because they have, I mean, they were born in social media. Their wrestlers are all been, you know, built through social media. So I said it, it inspired this. A war is not the intent, but if you're putting on a pro wrestling show in America on a major cable network, you're competing with the WWE. That's how they see it. To deny it is naive. So, for them to not bring it up, it would, like I said, it would be like their lying. It would go against the spirit of who they are. So, um, it comes down to Cody is very honest. Probably the most honest outright, almost, he gives too much information at times. Yeah, it's <laughs> honest to a fault
1: sometimes. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: So, it's like, you know, he'll throw himself under the bus. You know he don't really throw other people under the bus. He'll throw himself under the bus or whatever. But in this case, it's just it's just being real. You can't deny that there is a war. Now, the war wasn't declared by AEW. The war was declared by, unfortunately, WWE and NXT. They took their exclusive streaming product that Wednesday that comes on Wednesdays. Comes on Wednesdays. Exclusive streaming product. To my
1: knowledge, I, their highest rated show on the network. By highest
0: way. rated show on the network. To my friends, the only reason, some of my friends, the only reason they have the network is to watch NXT every week. And they moved it to a cable network to start two weeks before AEW. And they have literally stacked their program. They're going to have a tag team match. They're going to have a women's match. All to start next week. If that is not a declaration of war. You don't have to say the word. But if their actions did is not uh, a declaration of war. I don't know what is. I to use a very old, uh, very old event. You know, we were not at war with Japan when Pearl Harbor happened. But that action said, bitch, it's on. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> That's what the WWE and Definitely. NXT did. They said, Bitch, it's on. <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and they're going to put their best program out there. NA- I mean, AEW is going to put their best pro- program out there. And it's like, let the victor get the spoils. Like, if NXT freaking fails, which they won't because they have their WWE Raw and SmackDown lead in, they're not going to fail. Right? But if they failed, it wouldn't hurt the WWE at all they wouldn't notice they put the shit back on the network it be its highest rated network show Raw Smackdown still worth like 400 million dollars a year or whatever stupid number that they got AEW this is their flagship this is the product it has to succeed the it means more so when I look at it and it's like oh what are you gonna watch gonna watch aew not and not just because i do this show even if i didn't do this show because aew needs your views wwe just kind of wants them you definitely you can can watch nxt thursday because it'll be on the network the next day aew you got from seven to nine on wednesday nights maybe this is my hard sell i didn't plan on it being a hard sell but I'm just saying, if you're on the fence, you're like, I don't know what you want to watch. Watch AEW. You can watch NXT on Thursday. There's n- there's no other wrestling on Thursday, which they could have picked that day. I'm just saying. But you don't always ask for the fight that you're in. Sometimes someone comes up and punches you in the face, and you got you got two choices. You can either run or you can punch back. AEW's gonna punch back, so. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the war, as I put up my finger quotes. But it is a war. I mean, and if anyone tries to deny, oh, it's not a war. Yes, it's a war. The war is with NXT. That is the first combated. That is the first line put up against AEW. This is a roadblock to stop AEW success. Let me ask, Tiffany, do you see it as any other way than what I just spelled out?
1: No, you, you said it perfectly, and I'm just going to add a couple little things quickly, just that over the summer fight for the phone. WWE definitely tried to counter-program that by putting Evolve on the network, um, so they were even trying to start things back in the summer. And then also for the fans that are uh, quick to say that NXT's always been on Wednesdays and that AEW is the one that started it, um, if you look back at back in the very beginning of the year, they originally trademarked Tuesday night Dynamite. But I believe it's because of the uh, amount of NBA games that air on TNT on Tuesdays, um, they were forced to use Wednesdays. So that was not a, an original plan. I think the original plan was, which was a very intelligent move, was because wrestling fans were used to watching SmackDown on Tuesdays. It's moving to Fridays, that we would slide into a slot on TNT on Tuesdays when fans are conditioned to watch wrestling and then maybe pick up some of those views, which would have been great. So the original decision um, was never to be on Wednesdays, but it is what it is. It's how it is. And it actually, maybe, it's, maybe it was meant to happen to start this war. Um, Chris Jericho said a long time ago, it's a war, whether you want it to be or not. And you know, you're going to have your fans that will sit there and preach about, just enjoy everything. But I don't think you need to be that person. Like, I'm not saying, obviously yes, enjoy wrestling. That's, that's, that's to me the dumb thing to say, because of course, that's a given. Enjoy wrestling. But I don't think fans need to just sit there and not be passionate about what they support because, as Floyd said, you know, this, this is, you know, whether you want it to be or not, it's a war. And you can take the silent route all you want, but at the end of the day, those ratings still matter to AEW. They still need the views. They still need to be successful. So if you actually are, you know, Team AEW or just want to see them succeed as a wrestling fan... Like Floyd said, you know, and he wasn't even really going going for this point, but it was the most perfect way to put it, is if NXT doesn't do well on USA Network and they decide to pull it, WB doesn't hurt anything. It's nothing to them. It goes back to the network. People watch it on the network. Or they leave it on USA and they still don't care if it gets ratings because, again, they don't need this. AEW needs it. So... Be passionate. Um, Brandy posted, I can't remember the exact quote, and I'm on my phone so I can't check Twitter, but she posted something in her uh, Instagram story about if you care or whatever to be vocal and show love. And that's how I am with things that I love. I'm so passionate. Probably as as Cody's uh, honest to a fault, I'm passionate to a fault. But I'm not going to change that because, and I and I wish more people would kind of get on board with that like Floyd and myself. Um, but, yeah, it, it, Floyd put it perfectly um, you, you don't even if you don't want it to be a war, if you want to just sit there and say, hey, wrestling's great, enjoy it all, that's great, you can do that. But you also do need to look at the bigger picture that this isn't just, you know, a case of just enjoying all wrestling. You know, when it comes down to Wednesday nights, what you watch, and if you really do want AEW to succeed, then like Floyd said, then watch AEW and check out NXT on Thursday. You know, give them that boost because it's important and it matters, right? especially right now. It does matter. It's not just a simple case of it doesn't matter because I can just enjoy everything. But those, those things actually do matter. And it is a war whether you want it to be or not. So, Floyd said it perfectly.
0: All right. So, uh, we we've got past that. Uh, we are going to transition into, because I actually was going to do, and uh, I'm just going to give you a little production. We were going, that went a little long. You know, I didn't mean it to, but uh, well, and, we, and I get talking? Yeah, yeah, we get talking. So, I was gonna do the road two and BTE preview, uh, uh review on the show. Actually, gonna save that for the second half of the show with Amy. So, you'll it'll be at the beginning of the second half of the show with Amy. What we're gonna do right now, because I know this could take a few minutes, <laughs> you know, is we're gonna jump right into the TV show preview. We got some matches added on road two, we got a match suggested on BTE but I don't know if they're going to do it Uh, on BTE. Just to throw this out there, there was um, SCU was in a room. They got a box. It had a toy, like a toy boy. It had a toy dinosaur and it had some magazines with a jungle boy on it. So basically (laughs) it was like Jurassic Express, um, a Jurassic Express challenging SCU to a rematch. And they kind of said it's on, but then on road two. They didn't really they went through the official match card, and they didn't say it was going to be on there. So I don't know. I, I, I really I'm just being honest. I, I really don't know uh, uh, if that match is going to be on there. So tentatively, we got SCU uh, versus Jurassic Express in a six man uh, six person match. I would imagine if it happens, it will happen in that period of time before the show or after the show because we found out we're going to have pre-show matches and we're going to have post-show matches. So maybe that's I could that see we're... it
1: being an open air on the pre-show for sure. It would yeah. be a good way to get the fans pumped up if it does happen. I, yeah. could, I could see that for yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, because SCU is really – they really are the new age outlaws of AEW. They're interesting. Yeah. And their entrance just gets everybody pumped up. It gets exciting. I even compare it to Enzo uh, Enzo and Cass. I know everybody's like, Oh yeah, it, it fires it you is, up, man. Yeah, but I remember during a dead show with WWE, you could just fire up Enzo and Cass's intro and Enzo come out and do his thing and everybody standing up and chanting and it's yep. just this magical thing wakes, and it's like wakes
1: everyone uh, up immediately.
0: Yeah, it's something about doing the sing along thing that wakes people up. So that's what SCU brings into it. And then and freaking the Jurassic Express are so over, that also gets the crowd into it. But TV show preview, this was from Tony Schiavone. These are the official matches announced. First match on the AEW. And it's kind of weird that this is the first match because I felt like we've been over talking about Cody. But guess what? We can talk <laughs> about him all one more time. The first match on television, televised match for AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, will be Cody versus Sammy Guevara. Now, I know who you're rooting for, but uh, do you have any other like insights as far as what makes you excited for this match?
1: I, For me, I'm excited for it because I haven't seen it. And that, first and foremost, is, is the best thing that could possibly open up the very first Dynamite episode is a match that no one's ever seen. So to see Cody versus Guevara, I think it's going to be off the charts. Guevara's so quick. He's so fresh. He's so, like, he's young and it's just the style. But I feel like Cody, uh, if you paid attention to his um, social media, he said he is shedding pounds like crazy, getting the leanest and, like, best shape of his life. And I think, you know, he's doing that because he wants to be able to keep up with someone like Sammy Guevara in the ring. So I can't wait to see what Cody brings. um, Even at the match at All Out, he was doing moves that I haven't seen him do before. He kind of did like a ass cutter, and it was phenomenal. Um, I, Cody, you know, just he's always bringing new stuff to the table. Um, as far as Guevara goes, I've only seen him a few times. Everything I've ever seen, I've been impressed with. I'm excited for this because I think it's going to be a quick-paced match. Um, going to be rooting for Cody, of course. I don't think Cody will lose just because it would just so heavily affect the full gear match, but... There's a lot of factors. Um, you know, we know Chris Jericho will be in the house that night. We know MJF will be there. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, as far as the prediction, and I think that's what I love so much about this, is that it's not written on the wall. It's not obvious who's going to win. So I can't wait to see how it unfolds. I just know it's going to be a wonderful match to open up the show. I think people will be so pumped to see Cody. He really fires up the crowd. The, the fans, He just they eat out of the palm of his hand. And then you have someone like Guevara who's going to, even for people who don't know him, by the end of that match, they're going to be like, damn, that guy's good. I can't wait to see more of him. And I think that's why Cody won an opponent like that for his first match on Dynamite.
0: You know, um, Sammy, the first time I ever saw Sammy wrestle, again, I don't just, I don't watch 60 hours of wrestling a week. It's something like 15 to 20, which, uh, so the first time I saw Sammy wrestle was last year. At the first show that we actually... The show where I actually introduced myself to you. NWA, yeah. <laughs> NWA 70. And he was wrestling the Laredo Kid, I believe. Or I don't remember who he was wrestling, honestly. Oh, he was in that... Uh, He was in like the Fatal 4-Way for the uh, shot at the yeah, national yeah. title. All right. And he blew me away. He, uh, he was a very good... He was very good. I just thought he was super entertaining... I just thought he was, uh, yeah, I just thought he was great. And I was like, man, I want to see him some more in the future. You know, fast forward a few months and he gets signed to AEW. So that's kind of crazy. Now he's wrestling against, uh, I mean, quite easily my favorite wrestler. Uh, I think Cody does a good job of. Uh, There was an old school thing where, you know, I remember when they had a young Barry Wyndham and they put him in a match with Ric Flair and he went 60 minutes and he lost. But in that match, everyone saw Barry Wyndham as a contender. He saw they saw him as for sure. Cody is very good at doing that also. I mean, he's a student of the game. He's going to find a way even if he wins, he's going to find a way for Sammy to get over, you know. And that is super important and and super important as far as building this brand. Because you're going to need people outside of the Jericho Moxley and the elite to get over. You need new stars. So this is going to be a chance for Sammy to be a new star. But the stipulation, the thing that Cody says, if he loses, he's not going to full gear to wrestle Sammy Guevara. Now, I will say, if he loses, you will actually see a grown man crying. Because <laughs> <Me too. laughs> we're pretty much yeah. I put all my eggs in the full year basket of Cody being in the main event. So I don't want him to lose. But, you know, there's a part of me, you know, like 95, 97 percent of me, Cody wins. But there's that three uh, percent in me that's like, man, tell me that wouldn't be a shocker. Tell me that would I... tell you that AEW is different if it's Sammy Guevara beats Cody. That would be- I'm with
1: you on that. I don't. I don't have that like confidence just because it's. It, you know, it, I'm with you. I want to say like with all certainty, yeah, 100. percent You know, Cody's winning, but I'm with you. I have that that slight. Not even. I don't want to say doubt because I don't doubt Cody, but but yeah, it's 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 hard to not um to have that slight worry, I guess. And one scenario I saw someone tweet, which I was kind of thought was interesting. Uh, and it, should I want? I just want to mention it since we're talking about the match, was if. Sammy were to win, it doesn't really take away that Cody up until that match has the best win-loss record and has had the most, you know, important matches on the shows. Do they make Full Gear a triple threat match and put Sammy in the match with Cody and Jericho? Is that a possibility?
0: That would that would be Rather
1: cool. and that would really put Sammy up there as a contender no matter what happens at Full Gear. Because, you know, I don't think that if Sammy beats Cody, it negates everything Cody's done up to that point. However, him beating Cody would put him in a contendership that he wasn't before the match. And so maybe that's where it goes. But Chris Jericho um, and Cody for a singles match down the line and build it up even more.
0: I'm telling you, that would make AEW so much different from any other company. Uh, because Truly, because would because if if you know basically if WWE announces the main event, that's the main event. They you know, it's it's just gonna happen. And if, and if nothing Japan, affects it, yep, yeah, nothing New affects Japan, it. And ROH, any other company in the world, they wouldn't change their main, uh main event based on a match that happened before it happened. They would figure out a way. So I think that would make AEW separate. If Sammy goes ahead and wins, so. For the love value, I'm going for Cody. For the pure shock value, welcome to AEW. This shit is different. Idea. I'm kind of rooting that small part of me rooting for Sammy Gobert. Uh And I, you know that was hard to say. It like literally felt like I know. I, my felt heart a little, dropping. <laughs> I felt a little. I felt a little acid on my tongue. Like I, you know, I had heartburn or something. It's weird. <laughs> I, I I root for Cody. It's not. It's not clear. But I'm just like, to me, it's looking at the bigger picture of AEW as a show. It's like, they're going to need something big on the show. I know it's going to be something big. I just don't know what it is. So, and that's another thing that's going to have me on the edge of my seat. Then we have uh, another second announced match was Brandon Cutler versus MJF. Now, Brandon Cutler is the guy I was talking about earlier. Every I knew it. Every <laughs> time they play his story. Oh, my God. Like, the first time they did it where they did the contract signing, dude I, I'm not a crier I'm really really not. I mean a lot of I've seen a lot of big things in my wrestling life and as far as sports life. I'm not a crier but yeah when they they dropped their contract on them yes, tears in my eyes and every time I hear the story it breaks me brings me back to that moment and I get a little choked up. So, yeah, so he is it's crazy because he's like clearly he's like one of my favorite wrestlers because I just root for his story. But then he's going against <laughs> probably to me the best heel in wrestling, you know, the hottest up and coming person. Uh, dude, I just like being around him when he's insulting people. He is the salt of the earth MJF. So um, and we got a special request. Uh, we got a special request from Amy's husband, Andy, to uh, start a D and D chant. So uh, <laughs> I will find you in the audience. We make eye contact, eye contact, Tiffany, and we got to start this chant, D and D. So no, but he's like, he's like, wait till you hear his music. And I'm guessing he's his wife does the gear, so she he's probably gonna have some kick ass gear. Uh, but what's your thoughts on this match?
1: I. I'm very excited. It's such a classic heel-face dynamic, which you don't see in wrestling very often anymore, so uh, in this point, 2019, people, not to say people love MJF, but they love to hate MJF, and Brandon Cutler is just such a baby face in every possible way, and that's going to be his biggest thing going into this, I think, is having that fan support, and he's, he's great. I, I'm with you on his story. His story is touches my heart and I want to root for him for that because and also his wife Denise is just amazing and I love them as people and as a wrestler he's great and I'm, I'm really I'm just so happy he's in the role he's in because you know there's no shame in setting wrestling aside to do to start a family and to put your family first and and for him to be able to do that and then for it to be, come full circle and be in AEW and going to be competing I'm so happy for him, um, but then you have MJF, and I i don't know, I'm sure that most people have noticed more and more, I can't stop seeing the praises of MJF, and I, I just truly believe, and this is someone, this is like, and I say this as, obviously Cody, everyone knows Cody is my guy, I don't have to even tell you that, but MJF is truly going to be AEW, and I, I believe that, and I don't think there's anything that can stop him. Um, I think people are going to connect with him immediately. Not so much connecting, uh, obviously they're not going to relate to him, but you're going to look at him and see star. The people who don't already know him are going to look at him and see a star. Uh, I could picture my dad. My dad's very old school wrestling. He boos the heels and cheers the faces. He'll text me about, I hate this guy or that guy when he's watching Raw and SmackDown and it's adorable. I could see my dad easily first night texting me about how much he hates MJF and I can't wait for that text um but that's why MJF is so good because he brings a reaction out of people and that's what you need and I mean I he's already on that level and just when he gets to like I said the only thing holding him back is the fact that he has not been on everyone's tv yet and that happens in a week and I'm so I'm just so excited as far as this match is who it's another and that's what I love so much about AEW is it's not predictable in the sense of who wins because I could come up with 10 reasons why I think MJF's going to win but then I can come up with 10 why I think Brandon's going to win and that's what makes it even more interesting because every near fall every time you're on the edge of your seat to see who wins you're going to be invested in this and they've built the story up really well with you know and then the fact that it gained you know you had like like Hollywood actors backing Brandon against MJF about the dungeons and dragons thing i mean it's actually received a lot of attention so there's going to be a lot of eyes on this match too which i think actually makes it way bigger than people realize um so i'm excited to see it uh i don't know who's going to win i honestly would love to say a prediction but i could see it going either way and i'm i'm just really really excited to see how they play this out
0: me too i'm uh i've you know i was a big fan of Brandon's story i actually have watched a couple of his matches I dig his moveset. MJF is very much an old-school wrestling heel. I mean, (laughs) seriously, I could see the guy in Oklahoma. Uh, I remember I was watching. uh, I was at a Raw, and there was this guy, and he was probably about 15 years older than me, 20 years older than me, and he was like that old-school wrestling fan. And he was like, I remember Ted DiBiase Jr. was in the ring, and for a solid 10 minutes during his match, You ain't going to never be as good as your daddy, boy. You ain't going to never be as good as your daddy, boy. (laughs) Just kept saying that exact same sentence over and over. I don't know who this is, but I can picture him. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over again for (laughs) 10 minutes until he was completely off. He's like, you know what? You're not never going to be as good as your daddy. And I was like, <laughs> I laughed my ass off. I was like, I didn't, I don't even remember the match because I was l- like, is he going <laughs> to? I mean, he had to be exhausted, you know, because he kept He burned
1: himself out. Yes.
0: No, but I could see him doing that to MJF, MJF and booing him and. You know, throwing his dentures at him or whatever, uh, but it would be <laughs> hilarious. So, um, so yeah, so I love that good old MJF. I, I under—it's funny being old school is makes you different in the new school. So he he does it, and I love it. And I I honestly don't have a prediction. I'm thinking MJF wins. Because I think, you know, he is the future of AEW. If the yep. Elite all retire, I think he's their top heel. You know, the Elite and Jericho all retire. I think he's their top heel. I think he's going to be the, the heel face of the company one day. And it's so I think he's going to win. But I have no problem if Brandon f- pulls out an upset because that would piss MJ off, um, MJ off more. And I think the promos after he lost to Brandon Cutler would make me laugh really, really hard. So I think it could go either way. Just yeah. Like you. Oh
1: man, I can't wait. I cannot wait.
0: Now, the next match. It is not the official main event, but but to me, it's the main event. It is my emotional main event. It is the AEW Women's Championship match. Niall Rose yes. versus Rio. Um, I I I, I am. I'm, I'm just saying. I met her. I liked her. She's nice. She's awesome. I'm all in on Nyla. Sorry. People me too.
1: Me. <laughs> team Nyla here, man. Team, man, Nyla. team Nyla. I can't I mean, help it. Nothing I, against Rio. I think she's phenomenal, but Nyla is my girl. I want man. her to win so bad.
0: Yes, I I, I, I like Rio's little uh, video package where you got to know a little bit more about her, and she's tough and everything, and she's actually pinned Nyla in a match, in a triple threat match. So don't get me wrong, I know she can win, but I will be rooting really, really hard for Nyla Doros and I'm kind of disappointed if she loses, especially since it's in her hometown.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. And, and what you just mentioned that, that Rio pinned Nyla in the Triple Threat match. Once again, guys, um, talk about long-term long term storytelling in AEW, and they haven't even gotten the TV yet. Um, just the fact that you can say that, you know, Nyla won the battle royal. Rio won the match um, at All Out, and it creates this match. And you can say because right right off the bat, it's the size difference. But then you could say, well, hey, it didn't matter when she pinned her over the summer. So I mean, that's just to me it's just another speaks volumes of the storytelling we can expect from AEW, and I'm excited for it. But to the match itself, oh my gosh, I I'm with you. I maybe it's the emotional connection, maybe it's the fact that it's her hometown. I just love nyla rose so much and i'm so 100 percent all in on her um it's it's one of the matches where you know i i mean i'm not gonna be mad if rio wins but i will be genuinely disappointed if i don't get to see nyla become the first women's champion in AEW.
0: yeah i was gonna say if nyla rose loses and you're scrolling through the screen and you see my face it will have it will be uh Actual sad face. <laughs> I will be yes. sad. Hundred percent. Blood and I
1: both will be looking across the <laughs> arena at each other, just pouting. Yeah, it's like
0: what happened? <laughs> no, that wasn't supposed to know. But we will see. I I mean uh if you're trying to get to Joshi style really, really over, going with Rio is great, but I like Nyla being the monster that you know the next the next baby face or whoever has to overcome and has to be better than i like that storyline but again we don't know how they're going to you know run their show in the future so they might be building up to something bigger you know so definitely and
1: i do think um oh real quick um with nyla being um the first you know transgender woman in a women's division um and if she were to win the title i mean to me that's that's huge in itself, whether you want it to be part of the story or not, you know, you can't take away who Nyla is, and she, she is transgender, and she's proud of that, and she should be, and I absolutely love that AEW has never used her as a novelty act, she just is a woman in the women's division, but if she does come in and win that title next week, I feel like that is going to be some really awesome, um, you know, a lot of, that'll Take note. Uh, I think other companies, like I don't know, com- not companies, but you know, there will be a lot of people that will take notice of that. And I think it puts a very shines a very positive light on AEW. And it, I don't know if it'll be a factor in whether or not she wins, but just throwing it out there, I think it would be an awesome thing and just such a win for the not just for Nyla but for the LGBTQ community because. You know, AEW is for everybody, and I, and that would be quite a statement to make. Um, and you're going to have your negative people, and that's something I just will not engage. But not only just the fact that Nyla's amazing, and we absolutely love her, but it would just shine such a positive light and really emphasize that AEW is for everyone. And our very first women's champion is a beautiful, talented transgender woman. And Nyla, I just think she would carry that title with pride, and it would be such a moment. So I'm just, uh, once again, just T Nyla all the way.
0: Absolutely. I think the matches you can get out of Nyla, if you wanted to do Nyla versus Kong at um, oh at, man, <laughs> at Full Gear, I think that would be a good match.
1: Everybody wants to see that match. Yes,
0: everybody <laughs> wants to see that match. Just a big, hard-hitting match. I just think there's a lot more you can do with her. But, again, Rio would be the beatable champion because she's so small. She would be the underdog champion. So anybody you put against her would have a chance of winning. So that would put that threat out there. I think I think yep. you could go positives on each way. But like I said, hashtag Team Nyla. It's not even a dog <laughs> process when it comes to this group. Uh, Definitely. Then we got Hangman versus Pac. That was just announced. Man, today. that was just announced. Yes, just today just announced we get it today. finally. So we get the match that we were supposed to get. What uh, it was supposed to be on the first show. It was supposed to be at All Out. Uh, this was the Hang Double uh, or Nothing. Yeah, uh, a Double or Nothing. This was supposed to be part of, like the culmination of the Full game Challenge. Uh, we we didn't get it. Uh doesn't really matter why we didn't get it, but we're getting it on the first show. And I'm kinda glad we're getting it on the first show because if you look at this card, every match means something. Every match has a story. Every match is gonna you know, the win the win or the loss is gonna have implications going in the future. Because if hangman loses, he goes to 0 two. He was pretty much mm-hmm. who AEW backed as the future face of this company, the face of this company. The biggest star in this company was Hangman. So he would go to Owen 2 And then Pac, if he wins, he's already beat Kenny Omega. So he would go to 2-0. Yeah, I mean, what? Yes, <laughs> yes. So
1: again, he, again. Hmm. I, and, yeah, one of those victories being Kenny, if he beats Hangman, and like you said, Hangman, he's, he was going into it as he's the guy. He's going to – Go for the title, and he's the AEW guy going against Jericho. And yeah, he—I mean, this match does have huge implications. Yeah, in both ways. In both ways, no matter who wins, it's going to be really, really good for one or really bad for the other.
0: Yes, after Hangman starting two and zero, which you would count the one as the Battle Royal win and two against uh Kip Sabian, he started. Kip Sabian, to, yep. yeah. So he lost to Jericho two and one. This will put him at two and two. So he would have lost two matches straight. And it's funny if Pac wins, he will have the same two wins as Chris Jericho.
1: Oh yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, so and that stuff matters. They, they wins and losses matter in this company. So if he wins, he can easily say, you know, where's my title shot? I've beat the same two people your champions beat. You know?
1: And now that you mention that, that scares me a little because leading into full gear assuming Cody is still in the match with Jericho at full gear. I'm on the fence, and we're not going to really get into, obviously, full gear predictions anytime soon, but just on the fence on if I think Cody, if this is Cody's night or not, I don't know. But if it's not and Jericho retains a win over uh, Hangman, talk about the writing on the wall for the next contender, possibly, for the title.
0: Yeah, and you know Jericho... The big thing is Jericho has a title defense. I think it's either on the second or third week of the TV show. He does. And he has to get yep. rid of. Would this set up Pac to be that uh, contender? That's very possible. Because at that point, again, he would have beaten the same two people Jericho has beaten. So, you know, he's beating the same two Jericho Jericho's undefeated. He's undefeated. He, it seems like it would be obvious that he gets a title shot board just could start the hangman redemption tour so i'm looking forward to it both the surprise tap out on kenny omega was amazing and i think pac versus jericho man i know they're both quote unquote heels but the heel face dynamic just because you're both heels doesn't mean pac doesn't want the title you know what i mean so that's cool
1: and i don't think we're gonna have to worry about that i and i again we this is all speculation we haven't seen tv yet but i'm hoping and i i can I feel confident in thinking that maybe AEW is not going to always have to give us that heel face in a match. You know, if Pac wins and losses matter, it's a sports-centric show. If Pac is the guy that has the best record and, like you said, defeats the two guys Jericho's defeated, it makes sense for him to be the contender, and I think they'll give it to us. It's not going to be a case of, well, wait, we can't have two bad guys, you know, in a match. No, we're looking for a good wrestling match. It doesn't matter if they're two bad guys. You can still build build a great story if it's two bad guys or two good guys for that matter. So I don't think that's gonna be a concern and I would love to see it at some point for sure.
0: I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um yeah, it's just like I said, there's a lot of ways this can go. I'm going with Pac as the winner. I mean I kinda want I want Hangman to win. He's my fifth favorite horse ever. But uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I think I think Pac's gonna win. I think it's I think it leads to the better story. And like I said, you're going to need challengers for the champion. Uh, it would put Hangman at 3-1 with the loss to Jericho. It would put Pocket two 2 oh. And I'm like, ah, I kind of like the actual, I like where the Pock story could go. But, you know, like I said, it could start Hangman's redemption. Definitely. So, all right. In the last match, the main main event, as in the last match that's going on, it's going to be the original Elite. Kenny and the Bucks versus Jericho and two mystery partners. Now, Tiffany, this is the time. I know it's a week before; it's a little long. They might give us. I don't think they're going to give us any more hints because we already saw Road Two. Who do you think his partners are going to be?
1: Um, goodness, I, I I'm still not, not entirely sure. I don't have a like concrete prediction. Um, we did see LAX uh, view. Out, and I'm gonna go with them as my prediction. But we, you know, we have the Lugibros, um, but the Lugibros to me with Jericho would seem a little strange. Um, so I'm gonna say LAX, LAX that's my prediction.
0: And it's funny you brought it up because, you know, of course, my original prediction a month ago was in zone cast. Well, there's been some stuff that had, <laughs> unfortunately, that, that's there, there's been some stuff, so that's not gonna happen. Uh, you know. I am going to go with an outside thing, a thought. I am going to go with them going towards long towards storytelling. I'm going go to go the Dark Order. Oh, okay. And, you know, they're Canadian. They're both Canadians. Yeah. And they don't like the Young Bucks. So. That's a good point. Yeah. It so, would tell a good story. <laughs> yeah, that would tell a good story. I I, I truly, if I truly say I do believe it's going to be somebody that is not currently in the company, I do think it's going to be like somebody that pops, you know. But uh, I think the Dark Order, I think the Dark Order has been having a hard time getting over. You want to talk about giving them a rub? Tagging with Chris Jericho would definitely give them a rub. And presenting them as heels even further you know, as the Dark Order. Also, they're both in the tag team tournament, and that is a possible final. So there's a lot of long toy storytelling that could go into the Dark Order. Being the tag team, I'm kind of talking myself into something I was just saying to be different.
1: <laughs> it's it's not a bad prediction. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I think it's good to be um, open. I always post positively po- positivity constantly about aew and this isn't a negative comment but i have to be honest i'm having trouble caring about the dark order and i'm not i'm just being truthful and um you know i'm not trying to be negative but you know i also think in order to be taken seriously you have to show that you don't just always have positive opinions i just choose to focus on the positive opinions, but i am having trouble i'm struggling with the dark order um and i think that's that's going to be with anything, you know, not, nothing is going to, not every single thing AEW does is going to be something Tiffany loves. That's just life. But, but um, I would, I think that would be a great way and it's not something I even considered, um, but Floyd's prediction and whether he was doing it just to be different or not. But as he started talking about it, the, the little things all kind of started adding up as to why it would make sense. And even as someone who's not fully in on them, I would love to see it because I don't think people would expect it. I think people would be initially like, what? Are you serious? But I think as the match progressed, which is what you want, that maybe it would help elevate them to where they need to be being part of the tag team division and clearly a big part of the tag team division. So I think that's a great prediction.
0: And you know Chris Jericho kinda has a dark gimmick. You know what I mean? He's kind of like yeah, you know, like you know the face and the crazy. He comes gimmick. out
1: with the face, yeah, yeah the yeah, hat, yeah. and he yeah. comes out with the paint on his yeah. So, yeah. so you're, definitely,
0: yeah, kind of like I said, it was like somebody. I, I honestly said just to be kind of different because everybody's been saying LAX Lucha Bros. I'm like, well, you know, you know, I always say. Cody tends to zig when everybody else zags. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like he does. Yeah, he does. yeah. So you know, uh, so and I
1: think the Bucks are pretty big on Dark Order. Oh and no, no, obviously oh, they're, they love them. They love them. Yeah. So that's another big thing. There, that's their division is the tag team division. That's where they have the probably the most say in terms of booking and. And I mean, obviously, if they can think of a way to put them out there and get them over, and I think that would prediction makes sense. So we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of options. Like, there's still the uh, possibility of it being a tag team we haven't even seen in AEW yet. And that's what makes it exciting is that we really don't know. But to me, yeah, I mean, you have the, you can argue that LAX coming out and destroying. The, the Bucks and and never you know in the Lucha Bros at all out you know that that would be like who Jericho would pick. but it, you know you have a lot of story long term storytelling writing on possibly having Dark Order in that match which would really help put that um, the storytelling as far as the attacking. Uh, team- tournament goes so i really think that that's a very good possibility now that floyd mentioned it so i'm yeah, really I, curious now
0: yeah, and yeah, just another wrinkle is like a lot of us are assuming it has to be a tag team it could be <laughs> that's true too could just be yeah, mystery partners yeah yeah it could be jericho what jericho moxley and you know, uh, I guess Pac's already on the show, but it could be another guy. You know what I mean? It could. Yeah, be, that's a does, good point. It doesn't have to be a tag team. It's just
1: you know, yeah, mystery partners. It doesn't even <laughs> say a mystery tag team. It literally says partner. So that's yeah. just two guys he wants to team up with that night against the Bucks. So it could not. It doesn't have to be a team. And we're all thinking teams, So that could be another thing that just completely yeah, blows a, our mind.
0: Yeah, they have a huge roster of people not working so far that night so they could go a lot of different ways with it i'm looking forward to it uh, i i feel like i feel like there's gonna be other surprises during the show but that's it that could be a huge surprise oh now i got it it could be uh it could be jericho moxley and uh sean spears all w for oh. wwe guys wwe against
1: <laughs> that would be <laughs> wow. Um that could that would I would love that actually. That <laughs> yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, so awesome be way to do it. Because you, you feel like you you've gotta have Moxley Russell on that show. We know he's gonna be there. And, wow, yeah. <laughs> Floyd, I think Floyd just blew my mind. So.
0: Yeah, so it's like... You, it's like <laughs> he just it,
1: completely blew my mind.
0: Yeah, so like, dude, you, you know, you'd have that, those three, and, and literally your main event could be WWE versus the Elite, you know, won't be saying it, yeah. but it'll be there, and it'd be kind of crazy. But
1: it's, yeah, it yeah. it would be, wow, <laughs> that would be, that would be something. I would really love to see that, honestly.
0: Well... Well, uh, but that is the first half of our show. Thank you, Tiffany. We made time to get the show done this week. I love all of your insights. And again, the reason the reason us three do this show is because our positivity matches each other. That's why I started the show with Proclivity for Positivity because we are all people that, you know, no matter how much something is bad, we try to twist it and look at the bright side of things you know we have our bad days we have things we don't like but a lot of times it's how you take it in is how how you take it in is how you uh process it and we try to put a positive take on everything so thank you tiffany
1: absolutely i couldn't ask for two better partners than you and amy so i'm happy to be a part of it
0: all right well that's our first hour You'll hear a pause, and then it will be me and Amy on the second uh, second part. Thank you. Welcome back to the second half of episode 30 of All Things Elite. Uh, I am Floyd, and with me, of course, is Amy. How are you doing today, Amy?
2: I am doing fantastic, Floyd. Thanks for asking. How are you?
0: I am well. Before we get into the full second half, I is one thing I wanted to put over, and it's become like one of my new favorite things. It's this simple podcast we uh, I listen to called Amy and Andy Enjoy Wrestling, AAEW. Yes, so I listened to the second episode last night. I've listened to both episodes in full. I am going to tell you if you're listening to this show. I am not a person that just puts over podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts I don't listen to. There's a lot of podcasts I listen to and I don't really tell people to listen to because I don't enjoy them. Well, I'm going to tell you. Amy and Andy, uh it's it's funny cuz it's just like an hour conversation of them talking about wrestling. It's the most natural conversation and podcast i've had it is more it's more less than a show it's more of hey do you want to hear these two people that are married that enjoy wrestling talk about wrestling it is probably one of my favorite shows now uh like i said i it's a must listen i'm not just putting it over because amy's on she didn't even know i was about to say any of this so uh yeah so check it out it's on Podbean or any podcast. I am I, I, my app is Podbean so it downloads pretty much immediately as soon as they upload the show, but you and Andy are doing a great job.
2: Dude, I am grinning so hard right now. I had no idea you were going to lead off with this. That's the sweetest. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We have so much fun doing this. It, it, um and
0: it comes through. It comes through.
2: That's great. Yeah, we're just hanging out. We're just talking wrestling. And, and we were thinking about when we go to StarCast and we hang out with all of our friends and we talk wrestling and we're like, you know, maybe we should just do that. So we did that. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for the shout out. That's incredibly kind of you.
0: Yes. Uh, you know, and like I said, if it wasn't good, I just wouldn't have said anything. I'm nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I just wouldn't have said anything. I'll just kind of let it lie. And like, hey, Amy and Andy do a show. Whatever, <laughs> But no, it was like I actually I was like I was at work and it downloaded and I just and I pressed play and I was like, man, this is it's a really good show. It's like I then very rarely any podcast, any podcast. I enjoy Voices of Wrestling, everything elite. I generally break them up into about 20 to 30 minute segments because I I, I get I got the ADHD and I just can't focus for that longer time. But uh, yeah. yeah, I listen to your show all the way through was done wow. yeah it's that's amazing one of, it's one of those natural listens i like i said i wouldn't put it over if i didn't like it
2: man that just completely makes my whole day yeah. <laughs> i'm grinning so hard right now that's that's so wonderful because yeah there are so many podcasts out there we have our own show right now you know and and it's nice to be able to just kind of sit back and and talk wrestling, and then I love that we get to jump on together here with you and I, and be like, all right, man, let's go down these cards, and we're gonna talk wrestling, we're gonna talk news. It's it's nice to have both of those elements—a very relaxed conversation and a, a very professional one. Yeah, so it's, I love the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah, it's like I love that you you know y'all have y'all uh, thoughts, but it's not like we're gonna talk about this for five minutes. We're gonna talk. It's just like you talk about it until the conversation naturally. Wraps up and then you move on to the next thing. It's very yeah. like I said, it's uh it's very interesting. Like I said, it's way more of a conversation than it is a show. And I think that's why it's different. That's why I would suggest people to listen to. It.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. let's dive uh, you Well know, oh. <laughs> go, go for it. Go
2: for it. I was like, let's dive into AEW because I've been so excited to talk to you about this car that's developing because we've got like aew leading up to their debut show on wednesday that's less than a week away before literally the wrestling landscape in the united states and around the world completely changes
0: yes me and tiffany uh dm on twitter uh quite often you know and it's just literally that's been the whole conversation for like the last three, or <laughs> three or four days, and it's just like how excited we are to get there and what the show is gonna be and everything. And I, I try to tell people, I, I've been trying to tell my friends that I ask, I'm like, I have no idea what their TV show is gonna look like. I was like, it's going to kind of look like their pay per views, um, uh, you know, imagine that. But it has to be advertiser friendly. They're a business. They're gonna try to make money they're not going to get 2 hours with no commercials. So, it's going to be it's going to be remarkably different. And I want to see what that different looks like.
2: Me too. And I saw something I think that Matt Jackson had done an interview recently where he was sort of talking a bit about the flow of the shows and how they want to keep being the elite as a separate um channel on YouTube and sort of have that be the edgier version of the storylines that they have on the show. So they were talking about how they wanted to keep, um, you know, the road to promos, like have that transfer over to television, which is a wonderful idea. And then if people want something that goes beyond the PG or PG-14 element, um, then they can go to being the elite. And I think he said, uh, hear Frankie Kazarian drop up like 12 F-bombs.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and it, it it makes complete sense. Don't get me uh don't get me wrong. It makes sense uh to do them separately, but the whole thing is from the especially from the people that don't like AEW. They just like, man, I don't even like being the elite, and that's in their mind. That's what that's what the TV show has to be. But you don't understand. There's this guy named Tony Khan that understands being the elite's not for everyone. You know. He's very yeah. much, he's a business guy. He didn't put the amount of money, him and his family didn't put the amount of money up to just give the Bucks and Cody free reign to do whatever they want. This is going to be a program. It's going to be sports-based. The wins and losses, of course, are going to matter. But we don't know how they're going to present it yet. And that's why I tell everyone, uh, you know, just give it a chance. Just, just. Oh, absolutely. Just see what happens.
2: Absolutely, man. Well, and, you know, there's a lot of different elements of professionalism behind AEW. You have people with expertise in a variety of ways, sports analytics, um, you know, the the National Football League, the NFL, um, you know, major league broadcasting. And I think that that is going to be taken seriously when they move over to TNT. I mean, we've seen some of that with their pay-per-views so far, their big pay-per-views. And yes, we've had some experiments and maybe those haven't gone over with as many people as their other big pay-per-views have. But from what we've seen so far, there is a lot of professional programming at work. If you watch their Road to promos, if you watch, um, you know, Double or Nothing and All Out. That's, that's a lot to look forward to. And I'm excited to see this wrestling endeavor take off in a brand new direction because everything is new. And that, to me, is exciting. The fact that we have no idea what to expect as far as their booking, their match flow, the commercial breaks, the commentary. We have some bits from what we've seen so far, but we don't know what it's going to look like on TNT. And I can't wait to find out.
0: And that's the thing. I haven't anticipated wrestling in a very, very long time, like like this. I mean, we, I go to WrestleMania every year, and of course, the week towards WrestleMania, I will get uh, get a little hype. And then, of course, Wrestle Kingdom. You give me a, give me a couple weeks towards Wrestle Kingdom, and it'll you know it'll get me hype. Yeah, absolutely, man. I am so hyped for but, this. But this. I've been waiting on this for like three months. It's like I've been doing a countdown on my (laughs) my Facebook page (laughs) telling everybody I know. And it's just like, man, it's just I haven't been this anti for something. And and I can tell people I have built it up so much. I know I'm going to be there. And, of course, once you're there, you enjoy it a little more. But I honestly can see myself being a little disappointed in the first show because I've built it so up so high in my head, you know. You're like, yeah. I've been to all in. I've been to all out. I've been to double nothing. Three of the best experiences of my life. So, you're asking me how the first TV is going to be? I'm like, it's going to be the best TV show ever, you know. And that's a (laughs) lot of pressure to put on anybody. It's like, but but that's how I feel uh yeah that's how i feel and it's just like but in the, and as we're getting closer we're just getting so much more criticism i did have this thing i wanted to read from an article that i uh from a twitter post voices of wrestling it's a fan uh, yes twitter yes. and stuff said you can tell me i'm wrong again all you want i've never seen a wrestling promotion dissected as meticulously as aew from utterly meaningless things like stickers on production trucks and dumb promos on BTE to this UK TV mess, constant microanalyzation and that's just this week. And I was like, "Amen!" I, I put my hands up, and I, you know, my, I think my boy Joe put this out. I'm like, "Praise Joe," because it was just like, dude, someone had to say it, and I know he caught a lot of flack. And they're like, "Well, you are a critical website," which they are. Don't get me wrong; it's just. The way I put it is that they're holding a, a nine-month company to a 30-year standard.
2: Yes, a 100% yes.
0: Absolutely. And it's like, that's what you're doing. You're, you're holding AEW to the standard of WWE. And if they don't do everything exactly the way you want it done or you would want it done, it's wrong. And it's just like, you have to understand they're trying to reach millions of people. You can't get you can't get some people to agree on what to have for dinner. What everyone thinks that their ideal wrestling uh, company is is going to be completely different. Uh, Voices of Wrestling, Joe and Rich, they are straight. They want to see wrestling matches, competitives, and they call it bullshit. You know, no outside interference, no anything like that. They just want to see two guys one to be in a belt and then perform. I think the company would go out of business in three months if they presented it that way. Truly, that would be boring. (laughs) I mean, to an American audience, no, because they're not really fighting. So I think you need some of the BS, but that's my personal opinion. Doesn't mean I'm 100% right. Doesn't mean they're 100% right. What AEW wants to present is a smorgasbord, a buffet, if you will, of stuff. So there's going to be parts that are not for you, and there's going to be parts that are for you.
2: Absolutely. But that's the great thing about the flow that we've seen from their show so far, at least with their pay-per-views, is that we do get those matches that are just awesome, hard-hitting wrestling. You get some great high-flying action wrestling. You get some great storytelling. You get some great emotional heartstrings stories. And you get just a whole, like you said, smorgasbord of wrestling. And I think that that is what people want. I mean... The reality is they've only been officially in business for nine months. They've had four or five shows, and now they're heading on to TNT being broadcast around the world on major networks. There's going to be things that they learn on the fly. I believe I saw a report from Dave Meltzer that said that they thought that they had a UK deal locked in with ITV that would show live airing the show live, even I think as as recent as two days before somebody announced what the schedule actually was going to be. And he said that that came down to network conflicts between TNT and ITV4. And that's the reality is that as much as we're comfortable sitting here at home on our phones, on our laptops or computers, talking about our thoughts on everything, there is so much happening in the background with advertisers, with networks, with ad contracts. All sorts of things that we're not privy to that are dictating these things. And really, they're learning at the same time as well, even with the expertise that they have to draw upon. And the best that they can do is come up with alternatives. I thought the Fight TV package was a fantastic alternative to the UK situation. Like, I get that watching a show four days after the fact at eight o'clock in the morning on a freaking Sunday sucks. That really sucks. I hate it when New Japan doesn't air their U.S. shows live. There are U.S. shows happening this weekend. I have no idea when I'm going to be able to watch them. And when that happens, you lose kind of some of the interest in it because not only is there the risk of being spoiled in the outcomes, but you miss that sense of camaraderie of experiencing the wrestling debut of a huge promotion, in this case, with people around the world. And that's such a big part of it. So I get that that sucks having a four-day delay on that. But I also think that having a compromised solution of saying, okay, five bucks a month, this is half the price of New Japan, half the price of the network of, for WWE. You can watch all of AEW on TNT shows live and have them available on replay afterwards. I think that's great. And man, if I could take advantage of that, I wouldn't be spending 25 bucks a month on sling right now. I'd be paying five bucks on fight and be thrilled about it.
0: Yeah, and it, it's, it's one of those weird things that people, like, yell for a la carte. They want a la carte so bad. You know, I, I just want to pay for what I want to watch. They gave you a specific chance right now to um, pay for what you want and move on. But I do want to I, I say, because I don't want to gloss over this. I know our show is all about positivity, but I, wanna gloss I don't want to gloss over this. I want to hit it straight on. Cody was wrong. For speaking too soon. It was fun. It was amazing. And I don't say that often. You won't hear that from me often. Because you know I kind of worship the ground the man walks on. But he was wrong for saying our UK deal is way better than WWE's. Was he speaking for what he thought was true at that moment? Yes. Don't get me wrong. But he shouldn't have said anything. Until the ink was dry on the paper. He shouldn't have said anything. He built up hope he set up a guarantee that nobody was uh, prepared for but again don't hold a nine month company to a 30 year standard this is his first job as an executive this is the first job where he's like in charge of the secrets you know he's you know people rely on the decisions that he makes he is going to make mistakes just like any of the other 3 evps you just you know and they're going to do the best they can to you know resolve the mistakes because they do pay in america i'm pretty sure there's something in their contracts that they just couldn't give it away free or they probably would you know but they can't so it is what it is you get the first month with our first show on october 2nd you get five shows for five dollars five shows for five dollars just think about that. That's a dollar a show to That's watch pretty sweet. to watch a two-hour uh, network show. And from what I understand, when you buy on Fight TV, and this is what I understand, this might, don't take this as gospel. You're going to get what they show, the dark matches they do at the pre-show and the dark matches they do at the end of the show. You're going to get all of that. And it's like, so basically you're going to get three hours of wrestling for a dollar. That's know. pretty <laughs> sweet. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I uh, do, I, I remember when Impact first started, they were weekly pay-per-views for $9.99. So that was 40 bucks a month to watch their weekly shows. You're talking about $5. $5. Now, I maybe I sound like a pompous ass saying $5 is not a lot of money. So to some people, I'm pretty sure that is a lot of money. $5 is not a lot of money. I pay almost $200 for my cable bill a month. So I am like, I'm like you're, you're $5. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to sit here and cry over it. It's
2: $5. Yeah. I You know what? I, I do want to say something about... Giving the benefit of the doubt. Before we move on to the card and the rest of AEW's news for this week, um, I don't consider giving the benefit of the doubt being an apologist for AEW or anything like that. I assume the benefit of the doubt because I don't know what it's like to run a major wrestling promotion. I don't know what it's like to run an international company. And I would give the same benefit of the doubt to New Japan and, in fact, have given the same benefit of the doubt. Sometimes these things take patience. And when people are trying something new, which is at its core what AEW is, it's literally something new, there are going to be things to learn. And some of those things are going to be learning not to celebrate or get too happy and arrogant about uh, you know, international TV deal. If the ink isn't dry yet, maybe those are going to be things that they learn. But I'm I'm willing to let them learn from that and to make those mistakes and to grow because I want this alternative to succeed. I want there to be an alternative to WWE because that elevates everybody around them, the wrestlers within WWE are supportive of this. Kofi Kingston just put out um, a statement. I think he was ha- giving an interview and they asked him about AEW and he was, you know, saying more power to you guys. I wish you all the luck in the world competition elevates everyone. And the people who are in the wrestling business, the wrestlers themselves are giving each other the benefit of the doubt on this. And if they can do that, I can do that.
0: Yeah. Um, to use an example, WCW, uh, Basically Vince told Macho Man his wrestling career was over. He needed to be an announcer. It was time to hand it off to the new guys. He told Hogan the same thing, it was time to hand it off to the new guys, right? And you look at the people that were a part of the NWO. There you know, a lot of the Hogan's boys were told that their wrestling career was over, go find something else to do. But because WCW was a competitor that could pay the money that WWE did, there were a lot of people that found second careers because of it, right? Well, you got to think of this AEW the same way. I'm not. I imagine they're not going to spend as recklessly as WCW, but let's say some of your favorites from the past: Zack Ryder, Dolph Ziggler, you know, Kofi Kingston. You know, these people. If at some point Vince or the WWE decides that they're done, that you know their career is over. They they ain't got it no more. They have somewhere else that they can make money. And if you care at all about the wrestlers, that is a great thing. Not a good thing, a great thing. There, you understand a lot of the reason I'd say about 20 to 30% of the WWE roster is under contracted now is to keep them away from AEW. So you're already seeing the effects on some of your favorite wrestlers' pocketbooks. So even if you find Kenny annoying or Cody brings up WWE too much, you have to root for them to be more options for people to work. I'm not saying you have to, but if you care about the wrestlers at all, rooting for more places for them to work, building competition to where WWE has to pay people longer, is just smart. Yeah,
2: paying people more and benefits, like extra time off in the year. Those are things that have directly started happening as a response to AEW's, you know, explosion onto the American scene. And I think that's great.
0: Yeah, I'm just like, if you like wrestlers, the people that entertain you, it's great. Because there's going to be people that found second lives on the uh, AEW. Look at Sean Spears. I mean, they actually present him like he's a star and a credible wrestler. And you're going to get more of that. I mean, this is he's not the first WWE guy to jump. Jericho was done. You know, Jericho was on the second match of WrestleMania, which, you know, made him look for other places to work. You know, Cody Rhodes was a curtain jerker or a jobber. And it made him look for other places to work. Now they actually have these other places to work. It's, like I said, this has nothing to do with AEW in general. It just has everything to do with them having another place to work.
2: Absolutely agreed, man, 100%. Um, uh, let's take a look at AEW's first show because there's so much excitement. And there's so much that's ramping up to this. You know, they've been airing their commercials. They've been ramping up their road to episodes. They've got a new control center. And, you know, they've been really hitting the media blitz with promotions with um, Cody and Brandy giving interviews um, to represent the company. And as things are ramping up, you know, we've only got a few days, like I said, less than a week before their debut show drops on TNT. And as I've been following their news and announcements, the card that they've developed so far just looks stacked beyond belief. I mean, you are going, I believe, with Tiffany, right?
0: Yes, yes, we are definitely going. We're flying. You guys have a pay-per-view
2: caliber show Yes, that you're going to be seeing there.
0: Yes, and again, for competition, On the other side of the world, NXT is basically putting on a takeover.
2: Yes, exactly. I mean, how freaking – let's just sit here and think about that for a second. All right. We've got weekly television show on a freaking Wednesday, okay, in the evening, and you've got a takeover-quality show and an AEW pay-per-view-quality show. Yes. That's amazing.
0: Cole versus Riddle, there's no way you would get that on cable TV.
2: No. There's no
0: way. That's a takeover match. Yep that that is a takeover match all the way. A lot of people think Riddle's the next guy. You're not getting that anywhere else. You're getting that because AEW exists. <laughs> you know, you're getting uh, the Undisputed Era versus the Street Profits. Their rematch probably would have waited on the takeover. And now you get you're getting, getting Shane Baszler versus Candice Wrestling. Candice Candice LeRae, a women's match. And you're getting all three of those matches on NXT. This is not a hard sell for 10 NXT. I told you where your TV should be on Wednesday. But I'm just saying you're getting a takeover quality show because AEW exists.
2: I'm saying I'm going to be watching AEW Dynamite live and then watching a takeover caliber mm-hmm. show right afterwards.
0: Yes, I even <laughs> said that. I was like uh, I I put out my wrestling schedule on my Twitter today and I was like it flat out says I'm going to watch AEW on Wednesday. Well, there was a gap in TV on Thursday. There was no live wrestling. Now I'm just going to watch NXT on Thursday. Boom. There you go. Two hours. That's an extra day of two hour shows, of
2: awesome two hour shows. It's exciting.
0: Yes. All right. So they're going to be killing it.
2: Dude, absolutely. Now, let's look at this AEW pay-per-view caliber card, because the first thing I see when I look at this is Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes, which on paper, you're like, okay, this is strange, because not a lot of people are super familiar with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is incredibly talented and incredibly charismatic, and I love the story that they're building with this, that Cody Rhodes isn't really taking Sammy Guevara seriously, because He's you know getting ready to run this company on t n t and he's looking forward to the championship match that they announced at full gear and so it feels like he is just kind of dismissing Sammy Guevara entirely as a you know one off match good hand sort of situation and Sammy Guevara is young, he's hungry, he's impressive, he's got drive, he's athletic again, charismatic. I think this match is going to be fantastic, and if there's anything that we know so far from Cody Rhodes' matches in AEW is that he brings the storylines and really elevates everyone that he's wrestling against. I'm excited for this match. What are you looking forward to with Sammy Guevara and Cody Rhodes here that you're going to get to see live?
0: Yes, I want to definitely I wanna give some Different, you know, commentary than I did on the uh, first part of the show. Sammy G is one of those people that he, his attitude from what I, you know, you know, on Twitter, on uh, tw- on Twitter, on Reddit type thing, you found his attitude. He has all the talent in this world, and his attitude has kind of held him back. So it looks like he's gotten that in check. He doesn't know show shows anymore, from what I understand. He looks like he's gotten all of that in uh check and he's ready to go all in for lack of a better term with AEW. So you now you got him and Cody, you know, and Cody again, face of the company, and he's and he's showed against Darby Allen. It's not just about making him look good. He will do everything he can to make another person look good. Sammy Gravera is one of those people, he doesn't need a lot of help looking good. The dude has the confidence he has is because he's that damn good at this. He is good at this thing called wrestling. So uh when we look at um so when we look at Sammy Guevara, it's like the world's gonna just be and it's not just gonna be this introduction. It's gonna be the world is gonna get to see this kid, a very look good looking athletic kid, perform with a name that they know. Again, gonna put him over. You know, he's Cody's gonna make him look good. He's going to give him a lot of offense, and I'm very happy about it because, like, I didn't even know who Sammy Guevara was a year ago around the time we were getting for ready for NWA 70. Now he's just one of those people I see is very talented. And if you look at the personalities, if you want to you want to say <coughs> there's Brandon Cutler on one side and Cody on the other, Sammy Guevara's personality is closer to Cody's than it is anywhere near Brandon Cutler's. You get what I mean? <coughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it's like I'm very excited for it because you got got two very confident, cocky people wrestling against each other. And the idea of heel-face dynamics doesn't really exist because if it did, this match really wouldn't exist because Cody's closer to a tweener than he is a face.
2: Yeah, it's going to be really fun to see how this match plays out, how the personalities emerge, and the story they tell in the ring for this match. What do you think about MJF versus Brandon Cutler? And what do you think about this match in the context of this sort of great opportunity that they've had with um, MJF slamming DND and Brandon Cutler totally owning playing DND? And you've got these two buff dudes that are playing the age-old rivalry between the geeks and the jocks. And then this crosses over into the mainstream, and suddenly you have hugely high-profile D&D figures and players who are chiming in on this. you got sports magazines chiming in on this, and now you've got Luchasaurus and Brandon Cutler literally playing D&D in an AEW-fashioned world on stream, so, with that context of sort of AEW taking advantage of a happy accident of something going viral and capitalizing on it, do you think we might see any of that play off in their match together at AEW when it debuts on TNT?
0: Well, Mr. Cutler already says, wait till you hear my entrance. So... I'm guessing it's going to be some kind of fantasy world theme on his entrance. And then, of course, his wife does the seam, uh, is the seamstress, so you know she's going to cook up something uh, for her husband's major television debut. And there's a shocking amount of crossover between the fantasy world, the video game world, and wrestling because, I mean, wrestling is a fantasy world. I mean, wrestling is superheroes. Wrestling is comic books. Wrestling is all those things. I mean, you have you have uh, you know murder clowns and uh, wizards and you know <laughs> Undertakers and like and all these things. We got creepy perverts in AEW. So wrestling is all of those things. So and you kind of get to see it play out live. So the idea of Brandon Cutler is going to be someone that definitely the AEW crowd connects with. Uh, to use a term Andy used on your show, he's a white meat baby face. He is mm. he is the good guy. He is the family guy, very much the family guy that just worked hard and not only got one contract but got two contracts. You know he, but he's still kind of nerdy, and his him and his wife do cosplay. That's how she became the seamstress. You know she's a cosplay person. You know, and it's just like everything is wholesome about Brandon Cutler. It's like, oh, there's no more better of a foil for him than MJF, who does not give a crap what anyone thinks about him. He does not want you to like him, does not care if you like him, because you're all poor and you're fat and you're nerds. (laughs) This is very true.
2: I feel like this is going to be AEW's version of... Um, Juice Robinson and Jay White at, at for New Japan except elevated to a catastrophically high level where it's just going to be incredible the amount of nuclear heel heat that MJF could garner and the amount of pure adoration and hope that Brandon Cutler can can garner out of this and I think that especially given the crossover that's happened with it, that there's already so much excitement going into this, whereas before it could be very easy to be like, okay, MJF and Brandon Cutler, they've been kind of picking at each other on on Road 2 and being the elite, that's been fun, but now there's a story there, and there's a story that people like us really resonate with, because as much as we watch wrestling, most of us aren't the jocks. (laughs) That are the wrestlers, you know, so a lot of us do identify with Brandon Cutler with that sort of, you know, nerdy fascination with fantasy. There are so many different aspects of that culture that have hit mainstream that a lot of us are in part of whether it's video games or comic books. Um, and I think that we resonate a lot with that. And a lot of people also resonate with MJF and him tearing everybody down to size and giving no craps about it because he's better than us. So I think this is going to be a lot of fun and probably one of my favorite matches of the night, literally just based on their interactions with each other.
0: Yes. Everything about Brandon Cutler, everything about Brandon Cutler, is something you know you look into you know you look up to to a point I was telling Tiffany on this first half of this show I don't get super emotional but every time I hear his story it always almost gets me to tears it's just one of those things not giving up on your dream you know keep working hard getting where you have to get you know it's it's a lot of us had a lot of us that you know have moved on to their probably like fifth sixth, twentieth option as far as careers, we hear him. You know what I mean? But MJF is the opposite of that. He's the guy that made all the right decisions. He showed up in class, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and reach it. So he there there's so there's such a contrast between those two that if you don't see the good versus evil the whatever in it that that classic storytelling I'm like you're truly doing, you're actually trying not to find it.
2: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Man. And, you know, I'm actually pulling up Twitter right now. And uh, MJF is currently mad at Brandon Cutler because he's playing d and in a Burberry Scarf.
0: Yes, because he is <laughs> cosplaying as MJF. This is amazing. I love this so much.
2: Um, so looking down through the rest of the card, we've got P- uh, Pac. I keep saying Pac. Pac versus page has been announced for this debut show again this feels like an aew pay-per-view match it was supposed to be at double or nothing and i would have thought that this would be at full gear because that's where the whole full gear thing you know sort of was leading to but they have it for the debut on october 2nd for aew on tnt this is going to be exciting. I am so excited to see Pack and Paige go at it because Paige is like this heavy, hard hitter. He's surprisingly athletic for his size, but he's this heavy, hard hitter. Pack is this huge, towering beast of strength and athleticism. I think this is just going to be an all-out brawl, and it's going to be awesome. What are your thoughts heading into this? And again, you get to see this live, which is amazing.
0: Yes, uh, I was supposed to see this live at double or nothing, and then it got changed because (laughs) of unfortunate issues, uh, visa issues, uh, and Pac couldn't get in the country. So the fact is we get undefeated Pac, who is beat. Pretty much the top guy in the company, Kenny Omega versus uh, Adam Page, who started off two and zero, who had came up with his loss. He lost his last match, and after losing the match that had been built up in his mind, he came out on a freaking horse. Where is his confidence level going to be going in Pac? Where is his focus level going to be in going into the Pac? It's going to be an amazing match with two young talents. Uh, with you know, basically, they could be uh, the future. Or well, the future of this company. I can imagine seeing this same match later on as the main event of a pay per view because these are such big stars. I, you know, I expect a lot of physical. I, I expect this. I truly gonna say this. I expect this to be Meltzer's highest rated match of the show.
2: Yeah, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. This is going to be a show stealer. It's going to be fantastic.
0: I am more intrigued on what way they're going to go as far as the winner. I, I truly thought at double or nothing, the goal was going to be to have uh, Paige beat Pac to build up his team going into that world title match. Well, that's not on the line anymore. You know what I mean? And then Jericho still has a title defense to do. So do we go Pac winning it and then... He says, hey, I should be Jericho's next challenger. Or do we do Hangman uh, redeeming himself and then trying to chest after Chris Jericho? Either one makes a lot of story sense. But I truly don't have a finger on who's going to win the match. If I had to say, I'm talking about a social suplex labeled gun to my head. I'm going with Pac. But like I said, uh, if it goes with Adam Page, I wouldn't be shocked.
2: Well, I will uh, call Adam Page then. That way, we both win either way.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hangman, man. It's like, I know he can't come out to a horse on a ring every day, but if he could, that would be so awesome.
2: Oh, my God. Especially Hunter Horse Hemsley.
0: Hunter <laughs> Horse Hemsley. Uh, that was, so uh that was a great name because uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this. But a lot of people say it back in the day when Triple H was in his younger years that he had a horse face.
2: Oh, man. I didn't know that. That. Oh, man.
0: So it was even oh, worse. <laughs> yes, wow. Yes.
2: That's fantastic. Um, so we've also got Kenny Omega and the young bucks which i love when kenny omega and the young bucks team up when they did their match at fighter fest that was so fun especially because they got the video game element in it too that was just a blast um so that's going to be great and they are fighting against chris jericho and two mystery opponents now Twitter seems to think that those mystery opponents are going to be LAX. Who do you think is going to show up with Jericho up against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega?
0: I feel like there's two options, and I'm going to stick with the guest idea for the first half of the show. I think it makes the most sense for what they're doing. Uh, If you're not going to do someone new that we've never didn't even know was with the company, I think you go with the Dark Order. Uh, interesting Chris Jericho kind of has a dark kind of gimmick where he wears all the black and his music you go with the Dark Order they're also on the other half of the tag team tournament so it adds to the story of the tag team tournament which of course I think is going to end up I will talk about it later but I end up eventually think it's going to be Bucks versus the Dark Order anyway so it adds an extra uh, thread to that and if it's not the Dark Order my backup plan is that, that it's not two uh that it's not a tag team. It's just two other people, which would be Sean Spears and John Moxley. Oh,
2: that would be freaking amazing. Because
0: it would be the elite versus WWE.
2: Oh wow, I hadn't even considered that. I was just thinking about the amount of like monstrous brutality that would be in the ring there. That it, it that is awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, you know, you know, uh, Sean Spears has a problem with Cody, which in essence means you have a problem with the elite. Jon Moxley has the rivalry with Kenny Omega. You go with those two people. It's WWE versus the elite main event on the show. Those are the two options I have. Probably not going to be either one of those. It probably end up being LAX, but I went for the more fun guesses.
2: That is really clever, and I love it. Yeah, because I, I was like, okay, well, everybody seems to think LAX. I don't know, because um, initially, I don't remember who the other person was, but I was like, okay, well, maybe he comes out with, like, CM Punk and somebody else, and... I know we've talked about CM Punk and all that stuff before, but there were so many different rumblings back and forth. But now I think that I'm, not only am I happy to move away from that entirely, but I think that uh, from the news of this week, it seems to be that that may head in a different direction. Whatever. I don't want to talk about CM Punk. <laughs> um, uh, so so it was like maybe two single people, but I didn't know who or LAX. I love the idea of having a group of Badass monster dudes, vicious beaters, brawlers, coming out with Jericho, and I love the sort of correlation to AEW versus WWE too. I think that's great. Um, the Dark Order is interesting because um, my my husband said the same thing that he thinks the uh, tag team tournament is going to end up being the Young Bucks versus the Dark Order. And, you know, if the Dark Order is going to do well and prosper in this tag team tournament, regardless of whether they win or make it to the finals, they need something to push them and elevate them and get some real interest on them, get people to to know their story, to care about them, to want to see them, to want to see them stomped to oblivion or to want to see them succeed. And I think the situation of having them come out with Jericho... I think that works. I never would have thought of that, but I could totally see that working. I mean,
0: they're Canadian tag team, he's Canadian. There's a bunch of ties they have together and they both kind of hate everyone and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That works. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Man, that would be a lot of fun. So I'm excited to see who they bring out. Um, And then I think the last match that they have announced, um, I saved this for the last because this is a championship match this is nyla rose versus Riho for the AEW women's world title i've got nyla who you got floyd
0: i am team nyla all the way i like rio i think she is a really good wrestler and i think you could do a lot of good storylines with everyone cuz she's so small so every i mean everyone that you put up against her well, it seemed like they had a shot to win, so I could see why you would go Rio. But I think Nyla, it, it, first of all, she's been she was at the first press conference. She's been a face of the company from the very beginning. Second of all, when you talk about diversity, you can't get no more diverse than here. She's a half African American, half Native American, <laughs> <laughs> uh, transgender. <laughs> transgender person. I mean, she is diversity all by herself. you know that's another thing and she's a powerhouse and to me having a powerhouse as a champion always makes it a bigger threat so whenever someone finally overcomes the powerhouse they look more they look even more strong
2: yeah absolutely and it builds up the powerhouse herself too and yeah i mean she is literally the personification of diversity too But I think also, you know, we saw her performance at the Casino Battle Royale and at All Out, and and she was there from beginning to end. She's got it. She's putting in the work. And the thing is, this may be an unpopular opinion, and this may even be an unpopular opinion between us. So this will be interesting to see, but... Um, You know, the women's roster as fleshed out and as good as it is, there are a lot of people on the women's roster who are new to this style of wrestling on a grand stage and new to wrestling between people from different countries and different styles. So there's been a lot of training in the background, a lot of doing the work that I've seen these women put in just by the very nature of the progress. That I've seen from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. And I think Nyla is putting in the work. And obviously Riho is too. She's been wrestling since she was nine years old. But I think that we're going to see a lot of development in the women's division. And I think that it's going to be awesome having Nyla as champion. Where we get to see the other women within the roster. Climb this battle of glory in order to overcome her. And take that crown.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, it's the idea of fresh, you know, you got two people that a lot of people don't know going for the title, but I, if unpopular opinion, I I mean, if you ask me what is a weakness of AEW, and I'd be like, right now, the name value of their women's division. Yeah. There's just not any, you know, I mean, uh, Britt Baker, very talented wrestler, but not a lot of name value. Nyla Rose, same way. You know, their most talented people, I mean, I mean, excuse me, I used the wrong word, their most named people are Awesome Kong, who really is trying to transitioning out of the wrestling world, and then Aja Kong, you know, who's pretty much past her prime also. So they will be building up new stars on this women's division. I was like, I was hoping upon hope that Tessa Blanchard's contract was up so they could give them like a face to start their company on. But they're going to go a little different on this women's division. And, and you know what? You might not like the first champion. You really, you, may not, you might not like it. You might not like the second champion. But I guarantee you by the time they get to three, four, and five, you will respect this division as a whole.
2: Absolutely. And you know, if you look at the division in WWE, for instance, it took a lot of time for that to grow and develop into the sort of powerhouse that it is today. And even that was by following the trail of some happy fortuitous accidents. So it takes time to develop that and to nurture that. And I'm really excited to see the women that they have put their stock into here because there's a reason why everyone in the EVP and the talent scouting of AEW have chosen these women. So to give Riho as an example, all I've seen from her was, you know, the incredible Joshi match that we saw at Double or Nothing. But I've also kind of gotten the feeling that they're still getting used to the cadence and the flow and the rhythm of different styles of different people from different countries, right? When I saw the Kenny Omega a match. It was a mixed tag match. It was Kenny Omega and Yuka Sakazaki um, versus Riho and Michael Nakazawa in Taiwan. I think at like two o'clock in the morning. Riho was amazing. When I saw her in her element, working with, you know, an environment that she knew and was familiar with and people that she knew the rhythm of, you could tell like, you know, the back of her hand, she was absolutely phenomenal. And after watching that match in Taiwan, suddenly I was like, okay, that is why Riho is here. That is why she is the contender up against somebody like Nyla Rose because that woman can fly That woman can steal. That woman can hang with the best of them. And she was chopping up Kenny Omega. Like, it was nuts. So this match, I think, is actually going to be really, really good. Both women have a lot at stake here. Nyla Rose is a powerhouse. She has been just phenomenal in her presence in the last few pay-per-views. And I, I can't wait to see this match. I cannot wait to see her wearing that belt.
0: A monster versus small guy, a small person is the easiest story to tell in wrestling, and I think that's great uh, because it's a it's a story that people that might not have watched wrestling in a long time they are giving AEW a chance. They don't you don't need to know the story when you have one person significantly larger than the other. That's the story, you know. If Big Show's wrestling Rey Mysterio, you don't have you don't need to know that Big Show hates Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio hates Big Show. It's the fact that this 7-foot guy is fighting this five three person. So in this case, it's the fact that this near 6-foot Nyla Rose is wrestling against the barely 5-foot Rio. There's your story. You don't need to know anything about each wrestlers. That's why this match is perfect for their title match. Yeah,
2: man, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, It looks like they've also got Moxley scheduled to appear, so maybe we'll see that in the Jericho surprise match. Um, It'll be interesting to see what role he plays, what he has to say when he shows up. Um, I wanted to sort of segue into some of the news that's been happening this week. So I know we already touched on the, uh, the UK ITV deal and the fight package, but... I am obsessed right now with AEW's recent announced partnership. So it was Batman Day a couple days ago, which is where like everybody celebrates Batman and DC Comics. And, you know, it was fun. Twitter was filled with Batman. Um, And Cody Rhodes put out a graphic that said Batman is all elite. And I thought that this was just, you know, him having fun with Batman Day. But it turns out DC Comics actually put out an official announcement on their Instagram announcing a partnership with AEW. Now, so far, what we've seen from this has been official DC artwork of the AEW roster. They have said that there will be more details and more information forthcoming out of this. I believe they mentioned a while ago that they wanted to look into comic books this seems like an obvious step in that direction. Do you think we might start seeing AEW comic books out of DC Comics?
0: You know, the greatest, if people ask what's the greatest thing about uh, Tony Khan being the owner or person running the company. It's that he's a big old nerd. That's the greatest <laughs> thing about it. So, like, some companies are just starting, they're nine months old, and they're like, you know, let's just make sure TV's right. Let's make sure this is right. Oh, you know what? Never mind that. Screw that. We're going to make a deal with DC to put out us a comic book. This is like, seriously, like two, three years down the line, company thought. They're doing this right now. That is, it is amazing. so amazing. <laughs> and the artwork has been cool. I've been sharing it as much as I can. Some of my friends that like not into wrestling, but they're into comic books, I presented them, some of the people, and I'm like, dude, understand. This wrestling company is going to be different. I'm like, you know, you might think you know what wrestling is, but they're going to turn it up on side down on their head. And the fact that they're doing a DC deal before the TV show even gets out there, it's going to be, again, the comic book uh, area for DC, of course, also always needs help, you know, because comic books are, you know, at time fledgling, but, you know, you're trying to bring them back up. And, you know, then you uh, – then you have the idea of you know Time Warner. I think they own the DC Comics rights, right?
2: I have no I, I idea. Believe, man.
0: I, I believe Time Warner or Warner Brothers puts out the, the DC movies. So you just got this whole like they're, they're all helping each other type thing. I can't even think of what a I can't think of what it's called, but it's all synchronized and they're helping each other. I'm down. I'm like I'm not even a comic book reader, but the pictures I've seen have, have looked freaking cool. And I would pick those up.
2: Dude, I'm not a comic book reader, but my daughter is. And I showed her Nyla Rose as a DC comic book, like, monster. And you've got John Moxley. And you've got uh, Jericho. You've got Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. And then tonight, they released Hangman Page. And, like... This is going to be amazing. I am legitimately going to go to my comic store and my kid's going to be thrilled because she freaking loves going to the comic store. I'm going to pick up every single one of these because this is so fun. And just like we were talking about before, there's a fantasy element with wrestling. There are heroes. There are villains. There is struggle. There is sacrifice. There are these triumphs of stories and glory in wrestling. And that is... What happens in the comic universe? And this is the perfect crossover for that. So I want to get these comic books. I want to get the posters. I want to get them signed. Like I am all over this. This may be the thing that makes me a comic book reader again.
0: Yes. um, Yeah. um, I will buy these. I don't know if I would ever go full into comic books. But I would completely buy these. Uh, because it's just, you know, supporting the company I like, and everything looks cool. Uh, comic books about wrestlers, I didn't know a lot of them exist, but I would definitely be down with this. Uh, I am as excited. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about where it goes. Uh, you know, uh, Cody has been on the show Arrow, which is a DC property. It's just a lot of different things going around. They're all connecting.
2: Oh, it's going to be so fun. Um, so there was another bit of really interesting news with Cody this week, actually. And I think this was just finalized today. So WWE pulled their NXT UK talent out of a farewell show in the UK indie scene. Um, I don't recall. Oh, it, no, is it Southside Wrestling Entertainment? So they had this big show that was supposed to be, I think, a farewell show. And they had a ton of NXT UK talent signed to it. Well, WWE pulls them out, and they're like, put out this announcement. You know, they're really crestfallen. And it really sucks, because a lot of people bought tickets to see this show based on that card. So Cody Rhodes does what I think is just masterful. So he goes in not only to help The indie scene, not only to sort of put in some goodwill with the UK audience because they just had this sort of snafu with ITV, but really to have their talent. I think he said that they're sending MJF I forget who the other person is that they're sending over MJF, there. J
0: F, Sean Spears, and Cody and Brandy are going.
2: Yeah, so there you go. I mean, this is a big deal. and They're going in there, and now they've got a great show. They've got WWE going, eh, Sorry, guys, we don't really care about you. AEW gets to come in and be like, Nah, dude, we still got your back. Let's do this. And then you get a great freaking show out of it.
0: Yep. And of course, as soon as Cody does this, it's like, you know, people like White Knight, uh-huh. And, you know, it's people always got something to say. And it's one of those things. Me, what I'm learning, because I'm having to learn it from my good friend Tiffany, because you and Tiffany very much have more followers than I do. You're very much more Twitter active than I am. But to ignore people, I am yes. learning to <laughs> ignore people. And it is yes. hard because I am one of those people that I defend my friends, like, and of course, you call, come at me, I will literally just ignore you. But when you come at my friends and people I look up to, I want to answer all of them. And I'm learning that I have to just not, you just scroll by. They had their opinion. And me replying just gives their opinion more of a voice.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the reality is that some people just want to, crap on aew that's why everybody was so mad about stickers on a truck for a day and a half like that's ridiculous and in this situation you know okay so they can both have the, like both possibilities here can exist simultaneously and it's still a good thing overall yes it's a good pr move if i was in a position to make a good pr move like this i absolutely would it is a smart thing to do At the same time, it also speaks to what they have been talking about this whole time, which is celebrating the roots of where they come from. And where they come from is the Indies. That's where they come from. And so... You know, until they had AEW on TNT locked in, they had their talent all over the indie circuit. They still do in some cases. They are not ignoring the indies simply because they are on national and international television now. And when you have a situation where your competition pulls their talent out because they can't suddenly be on the indies anymore and you have the opportunity to be like, hey, you know what? We have these guys. We would love to come there. Hell yeah, you do it. Like, I'm I'm not even going to try and be like, it's not a PR thing. It is a PR thing, but it's also an indie thing. And I think that's awesome.
0: Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. I mean, I cannot agree more with that. It's just, if doing the right thing also gives you good publicity, why not? Right? It's like, <laughs> why not? And it's like. If if it's me, I'm not gonna tell anybody how to spend their money or how to do their thing. If I'm the guys from AEW, my uh, you know, except for NJF because he works against his gimmick, but the other three people, my autographs and stuff in the UK would be free. I just Absolutely. personally just to kind of give something back to the UK, not telling somebody how to spend their money, you know, whatever. Or if you do it for free, it might, you know, make it where, you know, no one wants to actually watch the wrestling show. So maybe, maybe not free. I don't know how it all works. Like I said, I am more than willing to say, I don't know everything. I am more than willing. Maybe, maybe that's why I don't, maybe that's why I'm not super over. It's because I'm more than willing to say, Hey, this shit, I don't know about wrestling, but, this this just seemed like a slam dunk. This is like, you literally, your competition literally wounded a small guy. And you get to come in and say, as the medium-sized guy, we're going to help you out. We're gonna, literally going to pick you up off the ground and help you make some money. And I'm pretty sure they're not charging them. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not going to say that 100%, but, you know, they're going to help out. And that's just really, really awesome and advantageous and smart. Everything is good about this.
2: Absolutely. I mean, what's the alternative? You have WWE pull out, and then they're left with half of their card. And then AEW goes, oh, man, people on the Internet are going to be upset at us and yell at us. And they're the same people who have been yelling at us the entire time anyway. We better not help them out because we don't want those people on the Internet to yell at us. Yeah. Like no, that's that's ridiculous. The reality is that, like, I think that as AEW and TNT shapes, you know, ramps up and NXT ramps up, the competition is real. The competition is rampant, and I think that that is both good and bad. I think it's great that there's so much passion in the fan base. I think that it's wonderful that there's. Takeover caliber shows pitted up against an AEW pay-per-view caliber show. That sort of thriving competition and passionate fan base is wonderful. But it's also giving me personally, and I can probably speak for you as well, the opportunity of just keep scrolling. Because I don't have time to hear people complain about trucks. I don't have time or want to spend the time to you don't know, listen to people complaining about somebody doing a good thing and yes you know they're doing a good thing that also has a benefit for them but i'm okay with that i would be okay with that if WWE were doing that you know like those things are okay i'm 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 excited about the wrestling world and the reality is with AEW that even though we have this sort of ramping up of competition i'm excited for something new I'm excited for something I haven't seen before. I'm excited for the diversity of their roster. I'm excited for the possibility of Nyla Rose being the first AEW women's world champion. I'm excited for Kenny Omega to be losing himself in psychosis. I'm excited for a tag team tournament. I am thrilled about the world of wrestling that we have that has been set on fire with both NXT and AEW. And I think that we're all benefiting greatly from this
0: to use an old school term word. Everything you just (laughs) said was perfect. It's, I mean, it's the most exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And I even say sometimes I go far to the left or far to the right, as far as ADW WWE. Uh, But honestly, my true heart is in the middle. I just love really, really good wrestling. I love wrestling presented like a sport I love wrestling where winners matter. I am I, I unfortunately that goes against the IWC. I love the bullshit in wrestling. I love interferences. I love dirty finishes. you mean? But I've been watching wrestling for thirty-eight years. That was wrestling to me growing up. The bad guy never just won. <laughs> you know he he cheated. So, but I love it all, and it's it's colorful. I mean, it's you know as far as a term a form of entertainment I don't think you get a form of entertainment that to me that reaches as many emotions as professional wrestling I can find myself laughing I can find myself crying I can find myself happy I can find myself dejected and at the end of the night no matter what emotions that I feel I enjoy it
2: hell yeah dude We are existing in a freaking fantastic world of wrestling right now, and you get to see this live. We will be watching with you, of course, online, but you will get to see this kickoff live and in person, and I think that's so amazing, and I think, you know, as a side note, it's also amazing because there's been so many of us who are traveling to so many shows now because of this rise in wrestling and fun, and like... You know we get to 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 see each other. We get to see friends that we saw at the last show. We get to travel around the country and just like be in this world of thrills and excitement. And I think that's wonderful and I can't wait for next week when we come back and we get to talk about how the show went and what your experiences were seeing it live and how they were different from the celebrations that we had on Twitter watching it live. It's going to be amazing.
0: Yes. And that's why I always say I live in a level of positivity. And I live in a level of gratitude. I would have never thought when I was young that I'd be in a position to go to see as many wrestling shows as I do now. To meet as many friends as i making as many friends as I have. To have people that I live nowhere near. That we're coordinating flights and times and things like that. So we can... You know, so we can hang, get there close to the same time, and hang out with each other. I mean, get to get to hang with social media. You know, Dave, Dave Hancock. I get to hang uh, hang with him uh, this weekend, or, or on Wednesday. I only get one day, so uh, I get to hang with them. It's just like I, my world has expanded exponentially because of wrestling. So when you when you be like, well, this guy hates WWE. No, I don't wwe i've made some of my closest friends in the world at wwe events i don't hate I i don't roh is boring but i don't hate them <laughs> impact i, I mean and I, like i said i can be honest and still be like but i can still be grateful i am grateful yeah. for all these people that put their bodies and on the line and the people that do the lighting and all these things because it seriously makes my life exponentially better. So as I look forward to AEW, as like this show, this is our thirtieth episode, so this is a big one. But it's like it feels like next week is when the show is gonna start because next week AEW is just a company. You know what I mean? They're a wrestling company. You know what I mean? Weekly television, pay per views. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna be able to bring it or they're not. But they're a full-fledged company. There's no like, oh, can't wait till TV starts. Or it's like, oh, I can't wait for this. No, it's they're a wrestling company. They're a wrestling company just like everybody else. And they're going to have to bring it. Or they're not, or, or going to have to bring it. Or, unfortunately, we're going to have to say stuff we don't want to say. <laughs>
2: and we will, too. <laughs> we That's we, the thing, we will. That... We will.
0: If it's not good, I'm going to tell you it's not good. I promise. I am positive. And if, and if something is in the middle, I'm going to put the positive spin on it. Don't get me wrong. But if it's bad, I'm going to be like, it's bad. <sighs> that's just, it's going to, that's how it's going to be. So we're going to see what they bring. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to see what they absolutely. Bring. And I'm looking forward to talking to Amy and Tiffany and hearing all their thoughts on it. As we bring into this new world. I can't wait, man. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's definitely going to be awesome. Do we got anything else to cover? Uh, no, yes. yeah, I don't know. I the, think the, the, that's it, man. The checklist, and so uh, I'm gonna get, get a little more sentimental. I thank everyone that has ever listened to a second of this show. If you ever even downloaded and didn't listen to it, I thank you also. Uh, 30 episodes in, I, I am very inter- internally grateful for Jeremy and Josh for asking me to do this. I will do this as long as there is an need, as long as they want me to, and as long as they there is a W, I will remind you. To make sure on whatever podcast app you have, uh, I'm getting some feedback over there, uh, but whatever podcast app you have, make sure you are following the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Also, make sure you're following Amy and Andy. Enjoy wrestling. Uh, That's another good one. And if you have YouTube, make sure you're uh, watching, um, what is it called? Heart of the Elite with Tiffany. So make sure you're following all three of those because that's all a little piece of us. I think you will enjoy all the shows. But, uh, Amy, do you have anything else?
1: No, man, I'm good.
0: All right. So no matter if it's work, school, or uh, work, home, or school, I'm reminding you, always do your best to be elite. Thanks. Thanks.